0: Welcome back to the No Spin Dash Zone, where we talk about Sonic games. We're talking about Sonic Adventure 2. and I'm, I'm joined... Steven! <laughs> Why can't you let me say join by? And I'm Isaiah. Wonder Twin Powers activate.
1: So, <laughs> last week we talked about Sonic Adventure 2, specifically the Sonic story. I mean... <sighs> God. So, last week we talked about Sonic Adventure 2, largely the Sonic and Shadow gameplay and the Hero and Dark
2: Story. Last time you gave me a really good transition into... Yeah. But last we did time. <laughs> But we didn't talk about the
1: last story, which is the story that you unlock when you beat both Hero Story and Dark Story.
0: Once again, represented by a giant question mark, but this time accented by lightning
2: bolts. Yeah, man. It's a pretty cool question mark. I like it a lot. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty cool question mark. And we're going to talk about Last Story right now, but before we do that, so I guess we're going to be talking about it later, and not right now, but before we do that, (laughs) I wanted to briefly mention, you guys made a joke in an earlier episode about how there's a commercial after you beat Sonic Adventure 2, Yeah. and I just wanted to mention really quick that it's not exactly a commercial, it's more like a trailer, which is a different thing, kind of. Yeah, right. Especially for a game, but it's like a movie trailer almost, like you got to the end of the first movie Which is, like, hero or shadow. Hero or dark story. And, like, whenever you beat one of them, it gives you a trailer for the other one that shows you, like, events that will happen and characters with words flying behind them. Doesn't
0: it give you a trailer for, like, the last story if it's the one left? No. Yeah, that...
2: it does. Does it? Yeah, it does.
1: Alright, maybe I just, like, messed up and thought the dark story... I'm not sure if I've even seen the hero story one.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I think every human ever plays the hero story first, so we just wouldn't recognize the difference. But yeah, I do believe that it's for the last story because you see Maria in it and she's not really relevant early in the dark story. I don't know, she she comes up like twice in the in
1: the dark story. Yeah, but she doesn't matter. I mean that's that's true. Her name is said early on. Yeah, well her name her name is the password for everything in the dark story.
2: I think the bigger bit, though, is that, like, (laughs) in the trailer, it says last story at the end, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, it's like a trailer, and I think it actually kind of helps the pacing of the game to have this thing that's like, but you didn't finish it, like, make sure you go back and do this before you just leave. Okay. Sonic
0: Adventure 2, the last story.
2: Yeah, okay. See, I was always
1: confused by it. Like, as a kid, I I would get through one story, and I would be like... All right, is this like a like a trailer for something I'm already playing? Like you you've convinced me I'm going to keep playing it, you know. Yeah. Um but I think I don't remember if when you beat Hero and Dark whether the game explicitly tells you that you've unlocked last story.
2: I think 2 Battle does at least. I don't know if 2 on its own does. Yeah. Um but you Two Battle has these prompts whenever you finish a story on the stuff that you've unlocked, like the boss mode or the cart mode. Or yeah,
0: yeah, they that's the original does that.
2: Okay, yeah, then yeah, it'll tell you unlock last story after you beat the whichever story you didn't beat first. All right, because uh, I I think and
1: and of course this is my terrible memory coming in. I think like when you unlock the last story in Sonic Adventure, it doesn't tell you that either. But what it does do is it does take you to the title screen whenever you beat a story. And so you can, you can, like, very visibly see that yellow question mark in your character select.
0: Well, you'll see, like, a yellow orb with an SS on it.
2: Yeah.
1: So
0: let's talk about the uh, last story then, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, in the last story, basically, it opens up, like,. In a kind of weird way, because there's actually some closure at the end of both stories. Like, people are kind of talking to each other and agreeing that things are going to be okay. Yeah. But at the beginning of the last story, Eggman's like, why isn't the laser working? Like, it just opens to Eggman being confused about how he lost.
0: Yeah. I mean, remember that, like, you can see Eggman snatching the real Emerald from Tails, like, as they're cheering.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, well, there's also the, the warning text appears on top of the screens... When oh, Eggman yeah. puts the final emerald in at the end of the Dark Story, right, right, but right. it's just that he like doesn't notice it. He's still laughing,
2: Mm-hmm. because he you yeah, ha- to s- make it seem like he won. Yeah, he's just made out to kind of be a dumbass, more or less, is yeah. like what's going on. But during this, we we see that his laser is not working, and everyone is a little bit confused, and then. We we get a couple shots of other people being confused, like Knuckles and Sonic. Rant at the next shot, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it it leads into this, like sort of klaxons firing off and sirens and alerts and such. And we figure out that like something is wrong with the arc, and then Gerald Robotnik pops up.
0: Eggman's grandpa.
1: Yeah, uh, specifically a recording of him. He's not just, yeah. like, there.
2: Yeah, it's like a holographic recording. Or is it
0: just a, is a flat screen? Or yeah, it's, holograph- it's, it's, it's like a, a still screen. image. And it okay. I it, it, it always got the impression during this, like, sequence that there was, like, a firing squad
1: Yeah. on the yeah. other side. Because the video ends with people being like, all right, ready, aim, and then yeah. the video restarts.
2: Yeah, it's messed up. Real quick, <laughs> yeah.
1: this is, like, a,
0: a really cool Easter egg. You probably noticed it, but it's something I appreciate. Um, in the hero story when Sonic is locked up he is in jail Robotnik's cell because yeah. you can see his writing on the wall and then Amy asks about it and then she gets left behind haha ha, funny but yeah. i just <laughs> want to point that out anyway
1: well it's cool because it's it's like it's prison island which is also literally the military base so it's the pretty much the world's highest security prison and so you have quote unquote yeah quote unquote and so you have, like, Sonic the Hedgehog is housed there because he's a freaking extremely fast hedgehog, and yeah. then you have Professor Gerald Robotnik for his freaking crimes against humanity as well.
2: So I've got the exact quote from the cutscene, or the, I guess at least the message that plays. Gerald says, this is a death sentence for every human being on Earth. My calculations are correct colony arc will impact the earth in 27 minutes 53 seconds all of you will be destroyed along with your beloved planet earth yes that's that's in a sonic game (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
0: the stakes are up
2: also briefly to explain gerald robotnik that's not the guy that sonic fights in sonic 1 2 and 3 this is a new character named Robotnik. Maybe even in Japanese. So, like, maybe our fake Eggman name that America made up for like seven years is a real Eggman name now.
1: Yeah, because he because he's Eggman's grandfather. Yeah. Listen, Sonic is half
0: American, half Japanese. You have to make compromises.
2: Right, but one of those halves was fake until now. Well, I like that. I like that it sort of calls back.
1: Because there's also stuff like, you know, in Sonic Adventure 1, Eggman calls himself Robotnik, and then he eventually gives up, I guess.
2: Well, but he does that in English. Yeah. I don't know if that's in Japanese. Well, but
1: there's also... So here's the other thing, is that... I I think I brought this up last episode. During the cutscene where he blows up half of the moon, uh, there's text all over him, like all around him, and also the marquee for the theater in the, the main screen like says stuff like Robotnik is great Robotnik yeah, he, is he hacks the planet. yeah he, he hacks the planet exactly but it all says Robotnik it doesn't say Eggman
2: right and that stuff is baked into the animation yeah so that has to be in the Japanese version exactly but like either way up until this point Robotnik was like Bowser or whatever like yeah or is it, is it that he was King Koopa in America and he was always best in Japan, or was that a... No, I think it's the other way around. He yeah. was always called Koopa in okay. Japan. But yeah, he had one name, and then the, he had a different name, and eventually they just got melded. Like, we mm-hmm. eventually got it right. And, like...
0: I mean, it was, like, due to, like, copyright and being afraid that the Beatles were gonna sue him or something.
2: Interesting. What? Yeah, you know, I am the
1: Eggman, I am the Walrus, goo goo Oh, I thought you I, meant
2: Bowser. No. I
1: am the Eggman, that's what I am. I am the Eggman, I got the master plan. Yeah.
2: I thought you meant the King Koopa was in a no. Beatles song. And I was like, <laughs> have I been listening to the wrong Beatles?
1: Oh, man.
0: Oh. I don't I don't know the reason, but Koopa's kind of a lame name, and also Koopa's the name of the race, so...
2: Yeah, so why would... Well, it...
1: I mean, don't forget, Peach also used to be called Princess Toadstool. Right, but she was always Peach in Japan, right?
2: Yeah. Like, she was always peachy or whatever.
0: Yeah, and then when Super Mario 64 came around, it was like, uh, signed Princess Toadstool, Peach, with a little signature, so it made it sound like it was a special nickname.
2: Yes, so this would be like if in Mario Galaxy, like, suddenly a recording of (laughs) Rosalina played, and she was like, my name is Rosalina Toadstool, and it was never explained that she was Peach's grandmother. You're just expected to get that. And it was never explained that, like, she isn't the Princess Toadstool from the previous games, which would make sense because they take place in the past. No, she's a new character, still.
1: Yeah. It's weird. Well, I mean, okay, so we know from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog...
2: Wait, you can't, first of all, you can't know anything from that because it's not canon. Can but, we
1: please go back to the
2: story? Yeah, no, I, wanna, I just... I, I want to hear this. I want to hear what I say. About so, so Eggman's
1: name is Ivo Robotnik. So if we if we know on a first name basis who this man is, then we know that Gerald Robotnik is not Ivo Robotnik.
2: Right, but why would you think? First of all, not everyone watched the cartoon show. Right, that's true. Yeah. So if not everyone watched the cartoon show, like why would it be expected to think that like that was actually that all that stuff all happened in actual Sonic? Because that means Scratch and Grounder are like real characters, and Mean Bean Machine (laughs) is canon, and like. It means so many things that it can't mean. That's true, but
1: I mean, I think canonically, his Egg name is Ivo. Eggman's name was Ivo, yeah.
2: Yeah. Also, we find out later on in the story that, like, he refers to Maria as his cousin. So, the next thing that we get is basically that they all realize that the Earth is going to explode and die, which is weird because Eggman wanted that anyway, right?
1: No, Eggman wanted. As I understand it, Eggman wanted the power to destroy the Earth so that he could hold it ransom and control it.
2: Yeah, but he was shouting, Why wasn't the laser firing? I guess his plan was like to shoot part of Earth and scare everyone.
1: Well, no, he did that with the moon. Yeah, I think it was to blow up the rest of the moon, maybe. What? But
0: it's, wait, it's a wait, weird why was No, no, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> he used the moon as a threat and then he called the president to give in to his demands.
2: Yeah. But he wanted the laser to fire because he said out loud, why isn't the laser firing?
0: Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Well, also, remember that uh, Gerald had the arc set to collide with the earth, and Robotnik was planning on just shooting it, so.
2: Right, but both things would have radical ramifications that would ultimately end up in Earth being uninhabitable.
1: So the bit is when the colony arc, like, like, collides with the earth, Everybody on Earth dies, including the people on Colony Arc. So yeah. there was no way to survive this attack, especially if you were the one who was going to launch the attack.
2: Right. But why would Eggman blow up Earth? It, it still doesn't make any sense. Like, him wanting the laser to fire does not make any sense.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with you there.
2: Anyway, we find out that everyone is going to die. I think I believe Rouge busts into the room and says that her like commander called her.
0: Yeah, which is the president.
2: Yeah. So, after learning about this, everyone decides that instead of taking the sitting down, they're all going to work together in one level to go and stop the arc from, from doing that. Right.
0: But Rouge also, like, takes out papers, like, from Robotnik and then again get another, like, monologue from him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which has a cool little, like, fade in from Rouge's voice to Gerald's. Yeah, there's some neat dialogue that happens here. And some, like, little visual effects with, like, just the letters in the foreground.
1: Like, yeah, they're, so, being,
0: they're being typed as it happens.
1: Yeah. yeah. So we learn through through this, which is Robotnik's diary, right, that basically the reason he wants to destroy the Earth is because uh, they shut down his research, and in the process of shutting down his research, they also killed his daughter, Maria. Granddaughter. And yeah. now he hates everyone. Yeah, all of the people. All of the people, absolutely. Which, you know, I guess that makes sense.
2: He also created Shadow. It makes way more sense than Eggman just <laughs> blowing up the earth for no reason.
1: Yeah. Oh, the the other thing is, uh, he kept working on Shadow the Ultimate life form. friggin' designing his mind. I think the, the words was like, the designed his mind to be pure. Which is not how Shadow ended up, because Shadow was like, yeah, I'm gonna help. This man destroy the world.
2: Well, like I think that, first of all, like philosophy and Sonic the Hedgehog maybe don't mix as well as they ought.
1: <laughs> what what you don't think? Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog has a lot of good grounds for philosophical,
2: like sort of storytelling. I'm just saying, like emo kid is maybe not the best option for telling a, any story, any story really. That's but, true. I do think that, like, the cool bit about Shadow is that if you interpret pure as empty, it maybe makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So he's not not pure in the way that he's, like, holy or anything. Yeah. He's just pure in the way that, like, he was very, very impressionable right away. So because Eggman was the first person he met after he popped out of his weird robo-pod thing. Yeah. He was like, oh, he was immediately given the impression that, like, vengeance is important.
1: <laughs> well, I also think it's, like, because cause they do a bit later where, or earlier, I suppose, during Radical Highway, where, where he has a flashback to Maria. Yeah, and, and he's he doesn't like,
2: understand what she's saying to him.
1: Yeah, she he's like, yeah, I'm going to fulfill my promise, which is, of course, revenge. And then later, it, during the last sequence, he goes, wait a second. We're getting <laughs> there.
2: Hey, hold it. We're getting there. <laughs>
1: okay, okay, okay.
2: We'll, we'll wait for it. But basically I did want to mention that like we get the impression that Shadow was obviously born before he came out of the pod that Eggman got for him, right? Yeah. Or got him from. So it, it's pretty clear that he was like impressionable because he remembers all of that stuff and like it seems to have he seems to have a very strong personality right from the get-go. Yeah. Well, so I think like if we interpret pure as empty, it like works a little better. Mhm. But what were you going to say?
1: It's it's there's an interesting sort of chronology that's kind of weird where uh, Robotnik says that he kept working on Shadow's mind to make it pure or whatever yeah. but we also have the flashback of Maria like sending Shadow to Earth.
2: Yeah, when she hits the button on the like pod.
1: And so so in theory in theory he kept working on Shadow after Maria died but like Shadow got to Earth when maria sent him which was right before she died
2: dude are you telling me that sometimes sonic games the orders don't make sense chronologically
1: it's it's especially interesting because also her death is vaguely retconned in shadow the hedgehog later but we'll we'll get to that
2: i mean shadow the hedgehog retcons itself four times (laughs) that's fair that's fair but uh yeah yeah so, basically, you have this explanation by Gerald Robotnik of, like, kind of what Shadow is, and as well as his explanation for, like, why he wants to blow up the planet, and then we have this mission, which is, like, the final stage of the game, Yeah. and it's a mission where you play as, you don't, do you actually, you don't play as Shadow or Sonic, right? You only. No, play you as play as board. every character except Shadow. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Sonic has a segment at the end, that's right. You play as
1: Tails, then Eggman, then... Rouge, then Knuckles, and then Sonic.
0: Okay,
2: I forgot that Sonic had like a short level before the end.
0: I'd like to point out that it takes Rouge and Knuckles to destroy, to like take down a door that Tails and Eggman shoot down in one.
1: Well, the way the way I interpret it is they're all doing this like semi simultaneously, and so they're operating in different parts of the same area. That's even true. Though that
2: literally cannot happen. Like it's impossible that they're doing it simultaneously. I took it as a
1: path. But...
2: Yeah, no, I think it's like an A B C anyway, D thing. Yeah.
0: I'll probably talk more about the stages specifically when we get to the gameplay.
2: Yeah, we'll get there, but it's kind of it's kind of neat that you have this like group effort thing, but I mm-hmm. think that in the end like it takes way too long and it falls flat because you kind of just want to see the story wrap up at this point.
1: Yeah, it it definitely like your first time through the stage
2: will be an hour long. Yeah, it's right. A
0: But I like it better than just Sonic Adventure 1's walking simulator.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I've said before, I like the fact that this game doesn't have an overworld. Yeah. Yeah. I think this kind of reflects that.
1: Yeah. Overall, for me, I like this stage, especially as an alternative to what we have in Sonic Adventure. But I definitely, it's definitely too long. I don't know.
0: It works as a final stage for me, but that's just me.
2: It, well, because it's the length of five stages. Yeah, it's not. It's not like the short segments. Like it takes a while. Yeah, like it's. It's a. I say not kidding when he says it. it'll take that long. Like it's. I, well, because.
1: Because I remember, like uh, my my time in Find the Lost Chow as a kid was fifty minutes, and to find the Lost Chao. Well, hold in on, that on a stage, second.
0: That's like a. That's a. That's unrelated to the story.
1: No, but look. The final Lost Chao, in order to get that, you need to go through the entire stage, diverging a few times, and then reconverging. So, 50 minutes for that is just go through the stage normally, and then some a little bit. And that's my, yeah. like, maybe, like, 15th time through that stage, because I played it a lot as a
2: kid. But basically, what I'm getting at is that most people will play this right after they finish whichever story they beat second. Yeah. And that means that you've already started a play session, and now you have to go in and do this half-hour thing, and that feels bad. Yeah. So, I think that if you play this as its own independent thing, it might have been more doable, mm-hmm. but because of the way most people will end up playing this, it feels really long-winded. Yeah. But basically, after you get through this long stage, and you're playing as Sonic, you slide through this tunnel, which I think we actually mentioned in the previous episode. hmm Because you guys talked about how it feels more ancient. Yeah, Sonic your One. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to the Emerald Shrine, or basically something that looks like an Emerald Shrine, and that's described as the like core of the art. And people even mention that it's meant—it's designed after the Emerald Shrine, and it's meant to like move power, yeah. like chaos and energy, the same way. So that's a kind of cool experience.
0: And suddenly, the Master Emerald is relevant. <laughs> like the whole thing about the Master Emerald controlling the Chaos Emeralds—I don't even think that was like talked about in Sonic Adventure One, but. It- it wasn't really used except for the flashbacks, but they get to use it, and then, well, I'll let Steven take it over.
2: Yeah, basically, they like. They use the. They, they want to stop the core, and then. Bio Lizard shows up. Yeah. And Bio Lizard is described as the prototype to Shadow the Hedgehog. Which is weird, because, as I mentioned before, he's a lizard and not a hedgehog. <laughs> he is a colossal four-legged creature with no shoes or jets. That's true. He's actually
1: a gigantic friggin' thing.
2: Like a big lizard. Like, to go from a large lizard to a tiny hedgehog is weird. It's very confusing. Also, he doesn't appear to be sentient, which I guess that's part of the prototype element, but like still.
0: It's somewhat sentient, or I guess it's I guess what happens later is more of a defense mechanism than anything, but.
2: Yeah, it seems like he's functioning purely off of instinct. Which I guess is kind of shadow esque as well. I would like to say that he's not necessarily the prototype,
1: because. I mean, they. It literally. It literally calls him
2: the prototype. But,
1: but in the research that Rouge uncovers from the arc, it says like that Bio Lizard is the ultimate life form.
2: And oh, so she questions you Shadow. Mean, you mean there's a contradiction in the my, side of the hedgehog? My is? bit, oh my, my take,
1: my take is that it's not a contradiction. It's supposed to be like vague. You're not supposed to know
2: who is the ultimate life form. Or more specifically, Shadow is not supposed to know. I would let that be true if like we haven't had now two full games of like contradictions out the ass. <laughs> I suppose that's fair. Also, if Shadow's not the ultimate life form. How did the Bio-Lizard get bopped? Spoilers, you beat the boss in the canon of this game. Yeah,
1: you beat the boss specifically as Shadow. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: like how he, like, enters in, like, all cool and collected. Also, after a pep talk from Amy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to mention that, like, after... It is after the last mission, right? Yeah, after Uh, Yeah, Yeah, after the last mission, there's this cutscene where Shadow is sort of, like, skulking, watching out the window, thinking about Maria, and Amy busts (laughs) in, and, like... I, I, I like the scene and I hate it because it's Amy being useless again. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hey, Shadow, why
1: aren't you helping? And he's like, there's no point in helping. And I'm like, hey, Amy, why aren't you why helping? Why aren't you helping? <laughs> you've, you've spent this entire game wanting to contribute. And here you are standing around wondering why Shadow isn't contributing.
2: Yeah, like she has the means to go and like whoop the bio lizard's ass. Right? She's still got her hammer, right? Yeah, she's got a hammer.
0: It never shows up, aside from two-player mode.
2: Yeah. Right, but, like, that means she has it, right? Yeah, sure. We just don't see her use it, because she doesn't do anything. Yeah. I really liked Amy's speech
0: in the... Sorry. Once it gets (laughs) to the end of the game, I get really emotional.
2: No, I like Amy's speech. Like, I like what she does here. I just wish she had done anything else during the game.
1: Yeah, I, like... Because the bit, right, is that she not only inspires him, she also literally reminds him, hey the thing that you promised the, the freaking important character was actually that you should help humans and give them a chance rather than destroy them.
2: There's this really cool sequence after that where like he remembers fully what Maria said and he then sort of turns around and runs off but just before that he says that he's going to keep his promise to Maria and Amy. Yeah. <laughs> And like that's kind of neat because it makes this connection where Shadow, I felt like didn't have a connection with anyone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that makes you think right away like, oh, Shadow definitely just had a change of heart. Right. Yeah, because
1: Shadow spends the whole game being like, Hmph, talking to people. <laughs> that's for lamos. <laughs> like, like he's he's very isolated, and I think they they you know the writers want him to feel isolated. Yeah. And the only time he really communicates with anybody is with Eggman, when he's like, Hey Eggman, I'm gonna help you destroy the world. And with Sonic, when he's like,
2: Wow, you're just like me, except slightly worse because I'm the best. Right. But like, this interaction also kind of highlights this point that Amy has this innate ability to like, make people uncomfortable and active. (laughs) That's true! She does the exact same thing with Gamma. Yeah. And kind of Sonic. Yeah, that's true It's also really difficult to tell whether or not Sonic actually likes Amy at this stage Yeah, I agree completely
0: I mean, he's like, before he gets sent off to space He's like, Amy, take care of yourself in a very loving manner
2: Yeah, there's also this segment where, like, it... How do I describe it? There's a segment, like, before this where they're interacting with Amy And Sonic seems to, like... It seems like he wants to hang out later Almost, I don't know how to describe it, right? Like, did you guys get that vibe? So,
1: so when I was young, from Sonic Adventure 2 and Sonic Adventure both, I got this very strong impression like Sonic was annoyed by Amy. Like, all the time, just didn't like her at all. Yeah. And Sonic Heroes certainly didn't help. Uh, But now that I'm replaying these games, I get a very different vibe of, like, she's always, like, there at the wrong time, but their relationship is largely like they do like each other whether it's romantic or not.
2: Yeah, like it seems like Sonic wants to hang out just later, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't know if there was actually any dialogue to back that up, but that's the vibe that I got.
0: Yeah. Anyway, Shadow like, beats the bio lizard. Okay, are we gonna talk about something else now? I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I, I just I just wanna say so the the bit in hero story where Amy's like, if I if I get you out of this prison, will you marry me? And he's like, No and she's like Dang! And then she unlocks the door.
2: Yeah, it's very cute.
1: Yeah, it's good. I I hated it when I was young because I was like, oh, Sonic hates her. And now that I'm older, I'm like, no, that's that's just good bits. Yeah, they're just it's...
2: they're telling jokes to each other. They're just being cute, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they also don't get married, right? That's yeah, they okay. <laughs> don't get married. That's true. I haven't played all the Sonic games. I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so back to the story. Shadow beats the Bio Lizard and. While he's doing this, he's distracting the Bio-Lizards, so Sonic and Knuckles can use the Master Emerald to neutralize the Chaos Emeralds so that they are no longer powering the colony to move towards the Earth.
2: Which is weird, because gravity exists, so if it was already on a trajectory for Earth, stopping it from pushing itself towards Earth should not stop it from hitting Earth.
1: Yeah, and also, uh, in space, there's no like air resistance that slows yep. stuff down. Mhm. So it would maintain its course. I mean it would yeah, probably exactly. I think I think it would it would not go quickly enough to destroy the earth. <laughs> like like I think I think the bit is it needs to accelerate fast enough to to destroy the entire earth. Otherwise it'll just like
2: Yeah, but like if it hits the ocean at all, it's going to wreck some ecosystems.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah.
2: Like there's no there is no repairing the situation. But anyway, they they do that, right? Yeah.
1: And then the BioLizard I as I as I interpreted it, the BioLizard uses Chaos Control to warp away to take direct control of the arc by fusing with it.
2: Yeah, it definitely teleports. I The fusing part is weird. I can't tell if it was designed to do that, or if it just chooses to, or what.
0: I think yeah. it was just, like, a miscalculation that, because of where it spawned, it just, like, fused with it.
2: It's just, like, it just teleports halfway and gets stuck. That, like, that could be it. Like, I'm not gonna discredit that idea. Yeah. But one way or the other, after this, Sonic and Shadow realize they need to do one more thing to stop it, and that's Go Super... Yeah. So we get Super Sonic and it's just Super Shadow, but for forever everyone I knew referred to it as Hyper Shadow. Yeah, sa- yeah, same. That's weird. It's definitely just Super Shadow. It's not Hyper Shadow. But he's like white, so he looks more like Hypersonic is depicted sometimes. Right?
1: Yeah, so when I Google images Hyper Shadow, I see something that is clearly like white and red. And if i google super shadow then it's yellow and red. And so according to the Sonic News Network, Super Shadow is the super state of Shadow the Hedgehog in Sonic Adventure 2.
2: Yes, yeah, it is just Super Shadow. Yeah. Like canon canon wise like Hyper Shadow is not a thing cuz we never see super yeah. that Super world. Yeah. Hyper
1: Shadow is all fan art. That's yeah. I should have led with that. That's fan art.
2: <laughs> but anyway, they they go to their super stages and you fight the lizard in the sequence that I think is like not as fun as the final boss, the final final boss fight from Sonic Adventure. Yeah, right? I don't but know. But I do think it's I think it's just as cool. It's just not as fun mechanically. In so my
1: so because the final boss fight in Sonic Adventure is Sonic's gameplay, but like the stats are buffed, right? Yeah. Because uh, you're faster, obviously. I think you jump higher as well. I'm not I'm not sure about that. Uh, and in the this final boss fight, which is called Final Hazard, uh, it's a totally different, like, sort of control scheme. You use the control stick to move around, and that's normal. But then A makes you uh, like, boost upwards, and B makes you boost downwards.
2: Yeah, you're sort of like, it's almost like swimming, but you're in space instead of water. Yeah,
1: so so it's, it's pretty close to imagining the uh, Doomsday Zone in Sonic 3, but in
2: 3D. I think that's definitely what it's inspired by. Yeah. Because you are in space. (laughs) Yeah, you are in space, but I do feel like it doesn't... It doesn't feel as good as just playing buff Sonic. (laughs) Yeah, I think I agree. And also, I think that, like, a problem with it is that there's not a very good sense of, like distance and size of things oh for sure yeah whereas in the original S- sonic adventure it's really easy to tell how big and scary chaos is because he's mm-hmm. like next to buildings and he's destroyed the city whereas BioLizard really hasn't done anything
1: yeah like so bio out in space and you're out in space and it turns out space is just black with some some white splotches every once in a while yeah so it's Depth perception is a bit tricky, and especially, this dude fires some lasers, and I don't know how big those lasers actually are until they hit me in the face.
2: Right. And they seem pretty big when that happens. <laughs> yeah. I don't even just mean mechanically, like, yeah, the boss fight feels kind of weird because depth perception, but that's just 3D games. Yeah. But, like, I mean, like, narratively, too, like, it's hard to see this guy as scary when it's not easy to tell how big or threatening he is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There is a cool bit where, like, a minute in, Eggman, like, sends you a a voice, like a friggin' uh, walkie-talkie message that's like, Oh, yeah, so we're set to collide in, like, five minutes, and if the boss fight continues for that long, it's an instant game over because it does collide with the Earth.
2: Yeah, but you don't see that in the fight, right? Like it cuts to a scene or something? Or does it even cut to a scene?
1: It it cuts to a like an in-game play scene. Like y- your control okay. is removed and the camera angle goes in. Uh, and I forget if the Earth actually gets bigger over the course of the
2: fight or not. I think that you see it in the background and it kind of like heals in, right? But yeah. it doesn't it doesn't change sizes, it just like scoots behind you. <laughs> <And> then- <laughs>
1: Also, you have, uh, as as per Supersonic rules, you have 50 rings, and every second, you lose one. And in this gameplay mode, if you run out of rings, you die instantly. Uh, unlike in Sonic Adventure, where you lose your super state, and then you probably drown and then die. Which mm-hmm. is effectively the same, but, you know. It doesn't look as cool? Yeah, it doesn't look as cool. That's exactly right.
2: Yeah, I think overall, this fight, weirdly enough, is like, a highlight <laughs> to... What is like better about Sonic Adventure? Yeah, which is just kind of like the Sonic vibes, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, so something I do I do think is cool conceptually about this fight is uh, because you're alternating between playing a Sonic and playing a shadow. And whenever you're playing a Sonic, narratively shadow is like finding rings so that you have enough rings when you're playing a shadow. And yeah. if you don't get the hit and instead switch characters too soon by, like, moving past the, like, Bio-Lizard, then the next character you play as didn't get enough time to collect rings, and so they have fewer rings.
2: Yeah, yeah there is this this neat little, like, rewarding punishment system. Yeah. But, like, I think, I really want to mention, because I'm thinking about it more now than I was before, but, like, Sonic Adventure 2, to me, feels, like, more cohesive, both narratively and in gameplay. And you mentioned earlier that you felt the levels feel less natural. Yeah. And, like, I think that that's because this game went way more, like, full-on into being Sonic in the human world. Yeah. As opposed to, like, half Sonic in the human world and half, like, I don't know, whatever, Sonic the Hedgehog in Sonic Adventure. Yeah, I think Sonic Adventure tries to do a lot of, like,
1: world cohesion, and Sonic Adventure 2 doesn't try to do that, it instead tries to do a, a lot of gameplay cohesion.
2: Well, I actually disagree, I just think that, like, the Sonic Adventure tries to, like, be a Sonic game while also being this other weird thing that it wants to be, mm-hmm. and that actually makes it less cohesive, it just means that, like, the levels seem more like old Sonic than new Sonic yeah. And I think that the final boss fight highlights that in a way, because it feels more like the Doomsday boss than this does, even though this looks more like the Doomsday boss. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, like, that's a result of this game sort of accepting the urban setting, because you have a lot more of these, like, oh, you're on streets and stuff, even if that doesn't, like, always make sense. Yeah. But you have a lot more of, like, being in streets and being in military bases and being on, like... Like, Metal Harbor, doesn't feel like a lot of things that have been in Sonic before. Yeah. Because it feels more, like, human-made than Mm Eggman-made. Yeah, for sure. Like, it seems more utilitarian than, like, Oil Ocean does, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, like, City Escape feels a lot more lived in than, like, any other area in Sonic has before. And these areas just, they feel more populated in a way that I think is, like, really interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, like, and also the utilitarian menu, as opposed to the overworld map. Yeah. It makes this feel a lot less like a Sonic game, I guess, and more like a new Sonic game. Interesting. It's, it's super weird to describe, but it's just something that I've been noticing as we played, like, all of these games, and also as we looked at Sonic Adventure more than I had before.
1: Yeah. I think it's harder for me to notice that because... This was the game that I played that defined my, uh, sort of worldview of Sonic. Yeah, And for sure. because I've played it so much, and because I've played Sonic Adventure DX so much, it's harder for me to, like, see the difference in philosophy between the two.
2: Yeah, and I do, I do think that, like, this game, I, I was roasting Sonic Adventure a lot for, like, being this crazy weird for someone who had played Sonic before. Yeah. And I think this game would be just as weird... But, like, I don't think it does... It doesn't do the, like, God of Destruction nonsense.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, we do
2: have, like... Shadow the Hedgehog being the ultimate life form.
1: We do have the ultimate life form, and we have uh, a dead old man's revenge fantasy.
2: That is only the last mission. If all the weird stuff in Sonic Adventure happened in the last mission, I'd be a lot more forgiving of it. That's fair, yeah. But, like, that's when the most sensical stuff happens, actually. Like, all of, the, all of the, like, actual things that make sense are saved for the last story. Whereas in this game, it's, it's the reverse of it. Yeah. Like, even, even Shadow looking like Sonic and that being a crux of a lot of this game's plot, like, that kind of, to me, makes more sense than Chaos just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Because Chaos isn't grounded in anything that had ever happened in Sonic before. Whereas, someone being designed to look like Sonic... Like, a man-made individual being designed to look like Sonic has happened many times before, and this time it's just given more plot significance?
1: (laughs) This time it's it's not fan fiction.
2: Well, no, I mean, it's not Metal Sonic.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. I mean, he wasn't made to look like Sonic, he just
0: happens to look like Sonic.
2: Well, you don't know that at the beginning of the story, though, right? Yeah. Okay, fine. Like, I'm saying, again, I'm saying as someone coming into the story with no prior information, Shadow is way more easy to stomach than Chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I, Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think that, like, as a kid, I even saw it that way. Because I had played Sonic 3 first. Yeah. Mm. So, like, even though I hadn't played Sonic and Sonic 2, I I knew that, like, metal Sonics were a thing. Yeah. And, like, seeing this character that looks a lot like a character I'm already familiar with helps me, like, accept that way better than... When I first saw Chaos, I was weirded out. Yeah, and like as I played Sonic Adventure, I got to like Chaos more because he is a cool boss, even yeah. though his boss fights usually aren't that great. Like he's cool to watch develop. Mm-mm.
1: He's he's very cool as a character design.
2: Yeah, but I think Shadow eases you in better.
1: I think what gets me about Sonic Adventure Two is that it takes itself so seriously in a way that I don't feel like Adventure does to the same extent.
2: Mm-hmm. I Like mean, yeah, but like, Adventure doesn't feel like it's trying to be goofy. It feels like, oops, it's goofy.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but it's, I mean, because they both try to tell a more sophisticated story than previous Sonic games, and I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. But it's especially like the last, the last story especially is like very serious, like dark backstory where somebody died and somebody wanted to take revenge. And whereas I feel like all of the darkness that exists in Sonic Adventure, which is, oh, this this tribe of people got too greedy and tried to use the Chaos Emeralds, and then uh, the Waterman got angry, you know, <laughs> it, like
2: a wet boy wasn't happy about it. Wet
1: boy was <laughs> mad. It can be dramatic at times when it wants to be dramatic, but it's never
2: too serious for its own good. Well yeah, and the animation just like keeps you out of it forever. And <laughs> oh, this that's game's animation sure. is not amazing, but I think it's competent enough to not break like. It's your definitely better, story. for sure.
1: Although fun fact, none of the moving enemies in the game uh have a moving animation. Including the robot that has feet.
2: Wait, are there robots with feet that move? Yeah. They just float. Yeah, or they have their when? like legs
0: float going back and
2: they're floating towards. Yeah. Oh, I guess you're right. There are things that aren't beetles that float. I forgot that, like, the gun-armored yeah. Yeah, guys. Yeah, they can loop. be mobile sometimes, especially in harder levels. Yeah, especially in hard mode, they show up a lot. Uh, the Chaos-looking guys are animated, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're the worst, but they are animated. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, the beat the boss, you hit the swellings, and then Sonic and Shadow do Chaos Control... And Shadow figures, you know what, I, I think I've lived a good life. I'm going to just kill myself. <laughs> that's not Wait, a... Wait, hold it, hold That's hold a, it. a bit of a the...
1: <laughs> So, two things we got to clarify there. Let's rewind, like, ten seconds before you said that bit. Sonic and Shadow used Chaos Control specifically to warp the arc back into orbit to stop it from colliding with the Earth. They didn't just warp themselves out of there.
2: Yeah, they kind of addressed the fact that if we let this thing keep going... It would destroy the earth no matter what we do.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and in the process of warping, uh, Shadow falls to Earth and burns up in the atmosphere, and then says, "Like, I—that's the promise that I made to the Maria. So I'm—it's cool. It's cool that I die now."
0: This is what you wanted, right, Maria?
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's this really cool scene where Shadow kind of like makes good on his promise that no matter what, he would like help protect people. And, and then yeah.
0: sad music plays,
2: and then I start crying. <laughs> it's like it's like just enough time and cutscenes and stuff to like make you care about Shadow if yeah. you're already into the game this far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think the the cutscene that follows
1: like dur- that plays during the credits is probably has the most subtext out of any cutscene in this entire game and might be the most well-written
2: one. Yeah, I think it's, I think the writing gets better and better as you go in this game. Yeah. And that culminates here in this final scene like you're talking about, because it's a bunch of the characters sort of just relating to each other in a cool way. Yeah. So you see Rouge talk to Knuckles, and you see Eggman talk to Tails, and you see Sonic with Amy, right? Yeah. Okay, because Shadow's not there, obviously.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, Sonic was mostly talking to himself.
2: (laughs) Other than that, you see people talk to their counterparts, which didn't happen a lot other than boss fights in this game and at that point it was really aggressive and here like there's no stakes so they just kind of get to vent a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. and I I think it's especially
1: cool that like Eggman and Tails are talking and they don't talk about it but I like this sort of bit where subtextually they all understand like yeah the next time we meet we're gonna be enemies again but right now we're just kind of too tired yeah you know like like Tails freaking Tails uh, Eggman says something that's like about his grandfather that he like doesn't understand, and Tail's just completely disregards what he says, which is <laughs> ridiculous. But then he says, kind of a- <laughs> he says, we all did it together, and I'm like, if you had a better voice actor, what this would actually be saying is like, we worked together, which is cool, and it's never gonna happen again. Well, Eggman's like, yeah, you're yeah. right, it's good. Yeah, Eggman's like You sure did ignore what I said But you're right (laughs) There's also a good bit where Rouge Like, talks to Knuckles And she's like Mmm, sexual tension And Knuckles is like What do you mean? And then she leaves
0: (laughs) That, okay You are completely (laughs) underselling
1: that moment
0: (laughs) Knuckles, Knuckles Knuckles, is like, hey, you're going to go for those jewels? I'm like, nah, I think I'm getting tired of it. I got something better in mind. Knuckles is like, if you say so. I, I think <laughs> there's a shared
1: understanding in that moment.
2: It's super cute and flirty, like with the Sonic stuff from earlier. Have, yeah. we,
1: have we talked about the sexual tension between Knuckles and Knuckles? I'm pretty Ruch. sure we did, and it's, it's everywhere, so don't worry about it, okay? It's so disorienting to me to see almost well written sexual tension in a Sonic the Hedgehog game
2: yeah especially with Rouge
1: in a Sonic the Hedgehog game with a character who is a bat with boobs and it's it's so weird and I hate it but I kinda respect it
0: anyway you know Sonic just kinda says well I guess he was the ultimate life form and then he says sayonara Sonic the Hedgehog like Maria did and then
1: he says Shadow the Hedgehog yeah
0: buy <laughs> <say laughs> <Bye Sonic>? myself yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let's go back to the planet as cool and blue as me, which I'm, which as a kid I'm like Neptune, because that's factually correct. <laughs> but basically, the cutscene, it, it, there's another sad song or somber song I guess that plays, and then you yeah. see the arc, uh, somber, basically the disappear behind the Earth, and then you hear "Live and Learn," what like you did during the boss fight, and that's the end of the game really.
2: And yeah, then, there's one thing. There's one thing I remember that I needed to mention. Sonic like comes into a room and Rouge asks what happened to Shadow. Yeah. And he just hands her one of Shadow's bracelets, which uh-huh. means that Sonic like
1: Sonic held his hand. Yeah. Yeah. That's gaming. oh man.
2: I love it. So let let that go where you would like it to. <laughs> oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not only does it mean that Sonic held his hand, which is, is super cute in its own way, <laughs> <laughs> but it also means that he like grabs something because he knew that Shadow's loss meant something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, all of these characters share a newfound respect for each other. Yeah. I think that that helps both, like, tie Shadow even further to the series. Yeah. As, like, an actual character that should exist. And it also ties Rouge to him and to Knuckles in this last scene. So, like, Rouge feels more like a part of the story than she did before. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I've I've said it before, I'll say it again. Rouge is an extremely good character, despite the fact that I hate her.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Also, after the credits, you just kind of see this still image of Shadow superimposed over the Earth. Kind of a little yeah. memorial-type thing.
2: Would you say that he's super Shadow-imposed over the Earth?
0: Let's talk about uh, Tails gameplay.
1: Yeah. So, so we've been
2: avoiding I'm
0: sorry. it. sorry. <laughs> that was a bad transition, <laughs> but we just need to get going.
1: No, you're right. We've, we've been avoiding it. The Tails and Eggman gameplay is... Similar to Gamma's from Sonic Adventure, where you're in a, in a mech bit. You're not an actual robot this time. You're a person in a mech suit mm-hmm. thing.
2: If you're Eggman, you're a person. If you're Tails, you are a fox. That's
1: true. Thank you for the correction. Very important. <laughs> and And you can sort of walk around not nearly as quickly as Sonic can. And actually, slower than Gamma could, I think, as well.
2: I think that once you build up speed, you get going at a reasonable yeah, pace. Yeah, it's,
1: it's very low acceleration. Uh, and I think turning slows you down a bit as well. But in addition to that, so you can hold down the B button to, to aim, and while you're aiming, you also turn slower, which is a whole... I, it's very intentionally designed.
2: Oh, I see. When you say turn slower, you mean a movement. You don't mean the beam. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The beam... Because
2: the the beam, you can just go hand. Yeah.
1: You rotate faster than you travel, which I think is intentional to make sure that you can aim to the left and right of you without messing up your platforming. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, uh, when you press B, you shoot a bullet, and when you hold B, you can target lock onto people. And then when you release it, you fire a bunch. And in Sonic Adventure, the objective was you get a bunch of people, hit at once, and that increases the amount of time you have left. In this, it exclusively exists for score, but it's it's a huge difference between E rank and A rank. And A rank actually matters in this game. So, personally, I think it's an improvement, at least in that regard.
0: Right.
2: I think that it could be better if it did both. Because I think that what the game needs to do is encourage you to do that. Yeah. And the issue is that it's so rare that you'll get an A rank on your first try that I think most players will just pass on like playing the tails and eggman levels that way yeah and they just won't have as much fun because the the reward doesn't seem nearly as tangible as it did in the previous game Mm -hmm. because in the previous game even though it literally didn't matter like getting your timer really high was kind of fun just because you got to see numbers climb
1: oh yeah yeah
2: and those numbers were very apparent because your mind was on them the whole time whereas Mm -hmm. in this game you're probably not focused on the score too hard as a kid, but, like, Sonic's and Shadow's levels sort of, like, make you feel cool when you're doing the things that you get points for earlier, like I described. Yeah. So you're going to kind of coincidentally get those points. Yeah. I don't think that's as much the case in these Tails levels and the, and the Eggman levels.
1: It's, it's sort of a weird thing to say looking back and knowing what I know about sort of the term is game feel. Yeah. If I could make a very slight adjustment to this game overall is to make the like word that appears when you do well more intrusive on the screen. Like, like, have cool stuff happen really draw attention when you're doing well, when you get a lot of points. Make that appear on some area of the screen that isn't just the top left, and may- maybe even make it a different area each time so that you're like, look... If I aim at 20 people, I want each number to be bigger than the last number, so that it becomes satisfying to see the number 20 take up like a quarter of the screen. And then I release the B button, and the word awesome, like, splashes onto the screen dramatically, you know. Rather than just, you know, oh, awesome, in the top left corner, and I got 2,000 points, and I don't know what that means. Yeah. But I got an A rank,
2: you know? I think it could also do something that, like, the Devil May Cry games do and other games of that sort, where as you do better, you see different things progressively. So, like you said, the number gets bigger, but it could also be each time an enemy gets hit, like, right above that enemy, the word good pops up and then the word great pops up. And then for each one that you hit, the different word shows up. Yeah. Uh, that'd
1: be All cool. Because right, that also...
2: That. That also would give you a much better understanding of how many enemies you actually have to lock onto to get the optimal score. Because I still don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I mean,
2: <laughs> I, th- I <laughs> think it's like twelve, but
1: I think it is
0: twelve. From playing this game a lot, it's just been like usually the number you get is like less than the, is like one less than the amount you lock onto. Except like after six hundred goes to eight hundred, then to a thousand, then to fifteen hundred, then
2: to two thousand. Well, yeah, but one of them says perfect, and I don't know how many enemies I have to target to get perfect. Yeah, it's basically,
0: it's the cap. Like, when you're on weapons bed, and you're just locking onto literally everything because it gives you a smorgasbord. (laughs) It's just like, yeah. But I also like, especially for Tails and Eggman, you get an auditory feedback. So I'm always really happy when when Eggman goes, now for my real power. Or Tails goes, alright, which, honestly, you hear a lot less than the uh, other one, but... Yeah. Still, I I like the feedback it gives me for that.
2: I also like the beeps that you hear when they lock on. Like, there's a lot of good yeah. sound
1: design in these
2: levels. Oh, right. yeah.
1: Way better than Sonic Adventure.
2: Like, it is fun to shoot things. I don't want to, like, make it sound like it's not, but it's just not as fun as it needs to be. Yeah. Well,
1: it's, it's because the mechs don't control in a satisfying way.
2: Yeah, do you want to talk more about, like, jumping with the mechs? Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs>
1: You know, you unlock the ability to to hover, which is to say, you slow more, you fall more slowly. You slow that more. That is fully. not
2: before. That is not before two levels of your character, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that sucks because the jump is bad. It's a bad jump. Your rising and your falling are the same speed, and it's about like one character's height of distance.
2: Yeah, it's exactly enough to get up most platforms.
1: Yeah, and that is really bad because it it makes it so that what really shouldn't be precision platforming becomes it because your jump is just so bad and when you fall you will die
2: yeah you'll always die because for some reason they also load both of their levels up with tons of bottomless pits yeah like more than sonic or shadow also when you collide with
0: an object you just sink really fast
1: yeah some something that i I wanted to mention, and I could have either mentioned it now or later is with both the mech stages and the hunting stages when you're gliding and you almost reach the like floor of a platform but just barely reach the wall instead, you just fall super fast instead of clinging to the wall or falling normally. Yeah, it seems like a glitch. It's definitely a glitch. Like, it's not intended. I think it's like, if you hit the corner, this activates. And that's that really sucks, because I was so close, and now I'm way further away than
2: if I had been slightly less close. Yeah, and frequently I'm in a bottomless pit, and I'm dead, and it's just... Yeah. Like, if the jumping were not as bad as it was, these levels would probably be fun.
1: Yeah. hmm I agree completely.
2: Like, the shooting is not bad. I want to highlight, I hate, I hate these levels. Like yeah. they make this game, they made it almost unplayable for me
1: this time. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, so, because as much as I think they are an improvement on Gamma's gameplay, Gamma also has four stages, and you can
2: just not play them. Well, and they're also easy. That's the other thing, is yeah. whether or not yeah, you like very this short. gameplay, Gamma's levels are easy, there aren't bottomless pits really, right? Yeah, there really aren't. because in the last one. Because, you know, know, he hovers over
1: water. So even the the uh, beach stage.
0: Honestly, I think the only bottomless pit is, like, his first stage and maybe his last stage.
2: Oh, Wind Valley. Wind Valley has... Oh, yeah. yeah. That's I remember there was one that had really bad bottomless pits. Yeah. I think it's Wind Valley. Mm-hmm. But, like, even then, Wind Valley is way more playable than any of these stages. Well,
1: that's because yeah. it's shorter.
2: Well, and it's also, like, Gamma can jump. Gamma can jump. Like, literally, you talked about how you get the hover, and that makes the first two levels for each character easier. You're like, oh, this hover makes it playable. But then when you get to the third stage, the hover is mandatory for all jumps after that. So it's back to the same thing, (laughs) except jumps take longer. Mm -hmm. But
0: you could still come up with some pretty cool shortcuts. Like, I really like Eggman's last level, Cosmic Wall, because it adds anti-gravity. And you can do like a lot of cool skipping.
1: Cosmic Wall is probably the best mech stage. Yeah, it saves them. Because the entire stage is low gravity, so you jump like way higher, and then if you start like hovering before you've started falling, then you continue to rise for a while.
2: I actually really wanted to be the one to bring this up because oh. <laughs> it would make it sound like I hated their stages less. I'm so sorry. <laughs> This is another Sonic Adventure situation where I roast the whole game and then you guys take my chance to talk about the temple section.
1: It's a genuinely fun stage. It exactly. really is. It's the,
2: only, it's the only one that shows you like what they could have done with this, which is like a really neat segment where you have to position your shots carefully to actually dodge enemies. Because up until this point, enemies aren't really an obstacle. Unless they're... Well, okay. Enemies aren't really an obstacle. And in this case, you can see them before you get there and you have to shoot them all down carefully before you can make your next jump and jumping feels rewarding because you get to jump really really high yeah and even though it's slow because it's so high it still feels empowering whereas like it's slow and short in every other stage so it feels demoralizing yeah and in this one like like charlie said you can find all these little exploits and i don't think that those are accidental in a lot of in a lot of the cases Mm-hmm. Because they just give you this really, really powerful jump. I feel like they had to know that, like, people were going to be able to get around it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. It's almost like with Crazy Gadget, where you can tell that Sonic's, like, breaking the gravity was something they knew you would find ways to exploit.
0: Yeah. I just want to note that I wasted, like, an entire afternoon acing every single Eggman mission just so I could play as Big the Cat in the Dreamcast multiplayer. Because <laughs> that's not in the GameCube version. That's all I wanted to mention we have anything else we want to mention i guess
2: i wanted to say something about the enemies because i said they aren't used as an obstacle and that's not exactly the case because and the stage that highlights this the most is mission street for tails which is basically just you walk down a bunch of right turns like it's just a tunnel with a bunch of right turns which is really what most of their stages are yeah yeah but mission street especially doesn't offer you a lot of room to maneuver, and instead of having enemies be in front of you and you have to shoot them, for the most part, the enemies are just dropped right on top of your head when you approach them. (laughs) It's the dumbest thing on the planet. Like, you're playing as a character who the whole point is that you have ranged attacks. Why would they put enemies in front of you like that? And then also, this stage has these jets that fly above you and they drop bombs on you. And the bombs are a pain in the ass because they do the same thing the enemies do where they always land directly in front of you. So if you're trying to play these fast at all like you would a Sonic game, You're just going to get hit. Yeah. Mm. But if you try to jump over the bombs, like, you would think, because Sonic's 1, 2, and 3 taught us, there are going to be obstacles that if you just keep running, you'll hit, but sometimes you can jump over them and kind of abuse that to ignore them altogether instead of trying to deal with them. If you do that with these Tails levels, the planes actually have a hitbox, so if you try to jump over the bomb, the plane will clip you. (laughs) And this isn't too bad in the level proper, where all you have to do is get to the end. It's super annoying, and it's offensive that they would design it that way. But when you do the 100 rings mission, this stage only has 100 rings. And, like, going throughout the stage, they drop so many things on you that if you don't just memorize it outright, it's impossible to get 100 rings, because you'll just keep getting hit by enemies. Yeah.
1: I think the 100 rings challenge is really fun for Sonic and Shadow gameplay but for Tails Eggman and depending on the stage for Knuckles and Rouge it's a serious pain
0: yeah
2: yeah they could have easily adjusted it I think that what they could have done with it is had the mission be like destroy 50 enemies or something yeah yeah I think that would have been much more suited to Tails and Eggman's gameplay I think it would have been a lot more fun because it would teach you how to like target enemies the right way like it would do the same teaching thing that I like in the Sonic stages and the Shadow stages where it teaches you where rings are this would teach you where enemies are yeah Yeah. but instead they didn't want to like change anything about the game so everyone has the same missions as their secondary missions generally speaking
0: i think that tails levels are worse than eggmans i feel like eggmans are more well thought out in comparison
1: yeah yeah i feel the same way
0: but do we i guess i just want to add one more thing that in addition to hover a unique upgrade that Tails and Eggman get is basically what Gamma also got, which is the optional laser blaster upgrade, which allows you to take out more enemies due to the blast radius of the explosion when you hit them. And I thought that's yeah. kind of cool to add more to the...
1: That upgrade that. also makes the homing thing move faster, mm. which is useful for uh, moving targets, as well as, like, uh, right. your laser, after a while, will just disappear... So if you're not like if you're not close enough then it doesn't matter that you've locked on and yeah. in this case that actually just extends your range as well.
2: Yeah, and I do think that the upgrades feel the best for these right. characters.
0: Yeah. And Eggman gets has his own exclusive power up which just gives him more health. But what <laughs> I like with that is that like it transforms his egg mobile into this like kind of gray thing into this really nice and
2: sleek red egg mobile. Yeah. Yeah. But It's really cool. I like that a lot.
0: Do we want to move on to Knuckles and Rouge? Oh yeah. Take it away.
2: Knuckles likes rocks, but he likes a really specific rock, which is the Master Emerald. But there's also this other character, Rouge, who's a big fan of Shiny Rocks. So she's trying to take his rocks. She's trying to take Knuckles' rocks.
0: Sometimes they're keys.
2: Yes, one time they're keys. Sometimes they're
1: entire Chaos Emeralds. It's such a good stage. It is actually a very
2: good stage. Uh, hmm. It's one of my favorite stages, but we'll get there. So the gameplay is basically the same as Knuckles' gameplay from Sonic Adventure, where you have to find three things, and you've got this little radar that the closer you get, the faster it flashes, and it also changes colors. Mm-hmm. But the thing that's great about this game is that these stages are designed for Knuckles and yeah. Bruce, respectively. Yeah. So you get a lot more of this cool, like rooms design where you've got an opening section that's usually pretty big and then it typically funnels to one different place that has a couple intersections so for example knuckles first stage which is how did i how did i forget what the stage
1: wild canyon
2: wild canyon knuckles first stage wild canyon
1: Stop.
2: i will end you okay (laughs) knuckles first stage involves this big open room with four pillars in it right away which encourages you just immediately to start climbing things and I think that's great because it's going to get you like used to what Knuckles can do and also between these pillars there are strings of rings that connect to them, so it makes you want to glide even more and in the middle of it it's got this wind tunnel which shoots you up to the next area so it makes it really easy to get somewhere and it also makes it feel like empowering to be moving that high up and it also encourages you sort of to explore Because you're stuck in this closed space, so I think it kind of, like, funnels you towards the center right away, and then you shoot up to an open space, which is more conducive to exploring. Yeah, and
1: and then also, once you're in the air, you're naturally inclined to start gliding. I really think the first level is excellent at just very naturally teaching you the controls and how the systems work.
2: Yeah, I think it's just the best for, like getting Knuckles to Glide. I think it does that incredibly well. And I think it also does something neat, which is the rooms in this section are designed in such a way that basically if you want to find emeralds, all you have to do is check, like, four places. You have to check the bottom layer of the opening room, the top layer of the opening room, and then this this level is sort of shaped like a T, where you can go up and then you can go left or right. And if you check either left or right, you'll have found one of your emeralds, most likely. Yeah. It's pretty clear where they're going to be I think I think it's just a nice way to open the game because it makes it easy to explore and encouraging to explore
1: yeah so so a big change from Sonic Adventure to Sonic Adventure 2 is that uh, in Sonic Adventure you your radar for all three emerald pieces was were all always active whereas yeah. in Sonic Adventure 2 only the leftmost radar is active so you have to find them sort of in order. You can stumble upon them randomly, but it's not very likely to happen.
2: Well, unless you memorize the locations. In that case, it's actually pretty easy to find them out of of order. That's, yeah, that's true.
0: And then for the hard mode mission, they're always in a set place. So that one's a really cool one to, like, get yourself speed running with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that the hard, I think that the way Knuckles levels progress, or not levels, but missions progress, is really cool. But I want to talk about that after we cover a few more of the levels. So, personally, I think the,
1: like, only one at a time thing is a huge improvement really Uh, yeah because because it helps manage the pace of the level
2: yeah I think it helps like basically it keeps you from looking for more than one thing at once
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and especially if we take wild canyon as an example like you explore all four parts of the level sort of sequentially and you find the emerald in the process, and if you could find any of the three emeralds, it would be a lot less about methodically searching the level and a lot more uh, about just being like, oh, hey, well, this is green and this is blue. So I'm, Or it's not blue because only adventure has blue. Uh, yeah. <laughs> these two are both green, right? Or this is green and this is yellow. And so uh, this is too much for such a small space, and I don't have a direction to go to explore, you yeah. know? because i'm being pulled in two directions
2: i agree with you for sure on this level i do think that later on some of the levels become more complicated in a way that i think hurts the system yeah but for like for the first two levels for each character and rouge's level her first level is a little bit more complicated because it requires you to go through this sort of tunnel and i think that's bad because i don't think it's sort of intuitive to unlock the turtle yeah
0: can we talk about that I literally found out, like, while preparing for this podcast, that I could do that. I had no idea I could do that
1: before. Get the turtle and ride it to a different place? There's, okay, so there's two turtles of note. One is you have to, this turtle is being held hostage by the military, okay? For some
0: reason. Which is
2: not what it looks like. It looks like they're hanging out. (laughs) They're
0: pointing their guns at the turtle.
2: They're always pointing their guns at everything, though. That's true. That's their default state.
1: So, so you have to destroy these two robots, and then the turtle will go into this well. And then if you stand on top of the turtle, you can ride the turtle... Like, you can hit the B button, and the turtle will move down the well and resurface in a different, like, zone. Yeah. So the level is basically divided into two different parts. But then in that zone, there's a turtle swimming underwater, and you can ride the back of that turtle through strong currents to get to a part of the level you wouldn't otherwise have access to.
2: Yeah, and that's where her upgrade for the level is, isn't it? No. Oh. Thank God. That
1: that can be where an emerald is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's and it is where an emerald is in hard mode, isn't it?
1: No. It's in the
2: no. Really? So that area is kind of pointless. Yeah. It A really bit. is.
0: No, the hard mode emerald is like the 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 bottom most current where you presumably come from from the other ways. That...
2: Oh, that's right. So does Omochao tell you that you can save the turtle?
0: I think Uh, he does. I don't
1: even remember. Yeah, I don't remember either.
2: Honestly, the fact that none of us can remember that shows how much we've played this game and how we are maybe not equipped to, like, (laughs) (laughs) review it objectively. Yeah. But I do think that, so if Omochao does tell you, then I'm a little more forgiving. But I think that this mechanic is obscenely not intuitive. Yeah. For Rouge's first level. And I do think that most people will play the hero mode first, so that's kind of okay. And I think they're almost designed for you to play that one first. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. But I do think that if you played as Rouge first, you might have a harder time because you wouldn't find that area right away necessarily. Yeah. And then you might just be stuck on that level for a while. And a lot of Rouge's levels are easy to get stuck on.
0: Right. Yes. Similar to how I felt about Tails' levels, I think Rouge's levels aren't as good as Knuckles. Mm-mm.
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of the reverse because Eggmans are better. But
0: Right. Well, because this kind of goes back to that theory that this game was meant to be just Sonic, Eggman, and Knuckles. But I'm not yeah. going to talk about that again.
2: <laughs> I could see it, though.
0: Digging is brought back in this game as well for
2: Digging an is ten times better.
0: Yeah, it's not a stupid button combination. It's like, hey, jump, and then dig down. And then if you're on a wall, you dig into that. Simple. Yeah, you just hit
2: B to dig. You hit B to everything.
0: I want to talk about something about the uh, version differences. Yeah. Okay. And I think I've told Isaiah this a bit, but you know how, like, when you're going through an emerald, you get, like, a red. You're in the red. And then if you get closer, there's, like, a red exclamation point. Yeah. Uh, That exclamation point is not there in the Dreamcast version.
2: Oh, my God. Searching
0: for emeralds is a lot more difficult, and it often requires you to take a hint because otherwise you're just going to be blindly digging into the ground, and it's very annoying.
2: Okay. Well, that's one crazy good improvement
0: to 2 Battle, then. In fact, I think I remember uh, doing 2 Player with my friend, and we we were on Pumpkin Hill on Church Mountain, and we were just digging through this, like, same the same graveyard looking for the <laughs> emerald oh, and we, we would man. just get rings and we would just like attack each other in between because that's like the only source of entertainment we had. Oh, you were yeah. playing the
2: two player mode.
0: <laughs> we'll talk more about that later.
1: But like this was the Dreamcast Dreamcast two player modes is bad. So you mentioned hints. Yeah. In this in this mode, and this was true in Sonic Adventure, but a lot of the hints were go this way. Yeah, um, yeah. they were terrible. The the hints are are much more like written in this in this mode quite literally you can go to a monitor and it will be like between two stones dot 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 and you're like what does that mean and then you find two stones and then you dig between them and you're like oh
2: i got the emerald
0: right cool hints get more specific
2: this is also why the sequential emerald thing is really important because the tips will only refer to the first emerald and that's very clear whereas in the previous game if she gave you a written tip it was like uh okay (laughs) (laughs) and
0: you get a higher score the less hints you use so i usually never use them
1: yeah and and i think it's cool that the first time playing the game you're probably going to use all nine hints because you can have three per emerald the first time playing through the game you're going to use all of the hints And then as you replay the game, you sort of get familiar with the way it works and you don't need hints anymore. And so you do better as you play the game and sort of the way you play the game changes over time as well. And I think
2: that's very cool. And I think that's also encouraged by the level design because levels are designed in such a way that even though they're big and open, they're not slow to get around if you know where you're going.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also, the hints in two different stages have gimmicks to them, which I think is cool. Wait, where one of the stages, the hints are literally backwards, uh, so the text is reversed. Well, the first yeah. w- the first hint,
0: the text is reversed, and then the next two hints are literally the opposite of where they are. So it says oh, yeah. down yeah. below, it's gonna be up high, and that's. Yeah, I would like
2: made. to say, I hate that. I think it's stupid and pointless, but
1: <laughs> I think it's cool. I was amused by it, especially as a kid. I was like, ah, I'm smart. Mad space is mad. Mad space is mad. It says so go I, down. I'm gonna go up.
2: Is Mad Space Rouge's one? Yeah. So Rouge has this level. If you've ever played Mario Galaxy, that game is good. Rouge has a level where they try to use a <laughs> similar idea where this planet gravity. To be fair, <laughs> this
0: game came out first.
2: I don't fucking care. No, I. That level, I spent fifty minutes on that level. I'm with Steven. I, I spent. I don't fi- disagree. Fifty minutes. Fifty minutes it, on that level. Rouge's stages are my least favorite. So that stage is, that stage is worse than like Tails like Mission Street so so Rouge's level my
1: problem with the space levels for for both Knuckles and Rouge Rouge the uh,
2: like Mario Galaxy physics just don't work like it's so bad that if you're hovering because Rouge can hover as well or not hover but glide as well as Knuckles yeah and if you're on a planet and you hover towards the bottom you would think that if you just hold down the A button and don't move the control stick you'd go in the same direction right <laughs> this is not the case. When you hit the like the hemisphere like the not the hemisphere but like the what is the line the called? equator let's, let's, the equator yeah if you hit the equator of this tiny planet she just turns to the side not even backwards like to the side I I have a bit occasionally
1: where uh she'll just start moving in a circle
2: Yeah Yeah no that that'll happen because <laughs> what you'll try to do is either she'll start turning in a circle on her own or she'll turn to the side and you'll try to point her that direction and then she'll flip backwards and like it's just Like, why was it programmed like that? The controls get really wonky in the galaxy physics.
0: I just like how the capsule planet, the gravity, just gives up halfway. It's like, okay, you can just go normally now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's how you leave the planet. So that was by design, and it sucks.
2: It sucks. Like, also, yeah, you have to, like, hit rockets or springs to get away from these planets. Right. And that's not clear to you. Yeah. That's only told to you on the first platform. There aren't Omochiles that tell you, like, how to do it. It's And also because those monitors lie they just lie one of them says go up but if you get that one first and then you get a backwards one and you don't know where to find your third monitor you would never know that they're lying to you like I didn't the first time because I forgot they just lied to you I mean
0: Omo Chow hit gives you a hint that detector readings are reversed but that is being very vague and I understand
2: yeah just pointing it out Yeah, because it, when it says reverse like it it's obviously talking about the ones where they're backwards right right but that does not tell you, oh, when it says go up, that means go down. And that one is so, like, obvious and clear that it, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll go up because there isn't an up. And there's not really a down. There isn't very much so a down in this stage. Yeah,
0: <laughs> see, the problem with the space levels is that they're very top-down, but there's not a lot in between. It's just, like, very spaced out. Yeah. And especially with Rouge, he has, like, platforms on the outskirts of the starting area. Which yeah, Knuckles is
2: a at. stage... But rouges are these four, like, floating items. One of them is a giant pillar in the middle. But, like, if you, like Charlie said, on the outskirts of the stage that should just be a kill plane, there are a ton of platforms. And emeralds can spawn there. And, like I said with Knuckles' first stage, there are these very clear and concise, like, four rooms that you can be in. And if you're just in a room with an emerald in that room, chances are it'll highlight it for you. Yeah. yeah, Rouge's is not that way because there rarely are emeralds on any of the planets. The planets are sort of just this middle ground to get to like the top or the bottom, and the bottom is this colossal ring that goes around the entire stage. So you just have to float around it, and you would never think to go down there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So my big problem
1: with Knuckles' space stage, uh, whose name I don't remember, Meteor. It's herd. Meteor. Meteor herd. herd. Thank you. Is that it's so huge that the radar just doesn't work. Also, meteors
0: are constantly
2: attacking. I do think, though, that Knuckles' stage is better because, for one, the just, like, circumference of the stage is smaller.
1: I definitely yeah. think it's better, and also the
2: music is better. The music is great. Meteor Heard is maybe my favorite Knuckles' song. Yeah. I do
1: like Mad
0: Space, though I will put that
2: out. It was alright. I hated it after the 50 minutes that I had to be in that stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do think, though, that, like, the reason I like Knuckles' stage more is, for one, it's just easier to go up.
1: Yeah. Like, It's easier to maneuver in general. Like, you don't feel like you're stuck on a world that has wonky gravity.
2: Yeah. Also, we know this game can do gravity well. Like, Crazy Gadget works.
1: Yeah. Kind of.
2: It maybe asks some weird things of you, but that's the game telling you what to do, not the gravity being weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Sonic is always where the game wants him to be when gravity is being measured. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas Rouge, like, it just does whatever it wants and the controls get reversed sometimes. Knuckles' upgrade that he gets in Meteor Herd is a pair of sunglasses that lets him see through invisible walls, Mm -hmm. which up until this point you wouldn't have known was a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it also lets you find hidden capsules, which make his ring missions a little easier. Right. But I just like that Knuckles gets a blue pair of sunglasses in this game.
0: Oh, (laughs) yeah, and then he just wears them. They're also basically needed for all the hard mode missions.
2: Yeah.
1: So Rouge actually also gets uh, sunglasses. I think they're called Specs. No, she gets a
0: she gets a treasure scope. Treasure it's like scope. A, it's thing. a very small little lens type thing. Yeah. It's like a
2: scouter, right?
0: What? Yeah, but it's like it's a lot smaller, and I think it stretches to the other. eye. O- no, well anyway, it uh just fun fact. It just they just call them sunglasses when when you use it in the HUD. So, <laughs> but they, they fix it
1: in battle, of course.
2: All right, but like Knuckles looks cooler. Rouge seems utilitarian, but yeah. Knuckles looks like just a cool sunglasses guy. Well, it fits the characters. Right.
0: And it looks really cool in conjunction with his uh, his exclusive upgrade, the Air Necklace, which yeah is really useful for his Cannon's Core mission because it, it, it just <laughs> yeah. makes you breathe underwater. Right. But it also
2: makes him look like... It just looks like a necklace, like Charlie said. Yeah, he looks like yeah. a lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's got like a necklace and sunglasses. He looks like just a, yeah, like a cool, chill beach dude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then with Rouge's upgrades, she looks like a person on a mission, which is exactly what she is. Well,
0: as the title for the security hall stage, I'm a spy. I'm a spy. Also, real quick, for some reason, I misread security hall as secretary hall. I don't know (laughs) why, but I'm pointing that out.
1: Secretary hall, I'm a spy. And before we
0: move on, Isaiah, you said that there's another stage with a uh, detector gimmick.
2: Uh, No, he just said there were two, and then you explained the...
0: Oh, so he meant two for the one
2: stage.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was two, but it was actually the same stage. That's my bad.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think that Knuckles is pretty cool. Alright. And Rouge is pretty cool. So the last thing I want to talk about regarding Knuckles, I realize, is that he has a cool progression from his regular stages, and also Rouge has this too, but to a slightly lesser extent he has a progression from his regular stage to his hard stage in a similar way to Sonic and Shadow, where they kind of teach you how to play a Knuckles stage. I think that the rings, much like the Tails and Eggman stages, are kind of pointless because they more or less what the rings require you to do in Knuckles and Rouge stages is just run around the stage more, and sometimes there aren't a ton of rings. Yeah. But I think that each other segment which is you have to find a hidden chow and that teaches you kind of like the secret places mechanics for both the characters. Because you're required to look in places you normally wouldn't for an emerald, and you're required to use their scope and sunglasses. Right. And then it has the time stage, which sort of just encourages you as a player to explore less and just be efficient. And then the final stage is a hard mode, and the way it's different from the regular stage is that the emeralds are in locked locations that are just harder to get to. Yeah. So... This all culminates in Knuckles and Rouge stages requiring you to perfectly navigate a 3D environment in a way that Sonic and Shadow, and in addition to that Tails and Eggman, just sort of don't. Where you have to go from point A to B to C to D, and you have to use a lot of verticality and a lot of quick turns. I mean,
0: so, I don't want to harp on this too long, but whenever I play Battle Harbor, to get an A rank, you have to be like really precise with your movements to get like certain things like getting the rocket top but you're right that not a lot of other ones do that but carry on and
2: also like you learn that there are different routes you can take because you just don't have to do these in order
0: yeah that's true
2: routing is a lot less of a thing in the more linear stages because basically it's just do you want to take the high path or low path or whatever the variant is for that stage whereas in these there's you can tackle this in, like, a dozen different ways. hmm And I think that that's really interesting, and I think it's incredibly fun to get A-Ranks for Knuckles and Root.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, before we move on to uh, talking about the Chow Garden, I want to ask, what is everybody's favorite uh, Sonic and Shadow
2: stage? Do I get to pick two, like, one each, or...? Uh, yeah, why not? Okay, well, I love... <laughs> I love and hate with a passion uh, Final Rush for Sonic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: When you can make Final Rush do what it needs to, it feels amazing. Yeah. yeah. When you can't, it's absolutely demoralizing. Because what this stage requires you to do, basically, is grind a lot. And the grinding does not always work the way it needs to. Yeah. Like, like sometimes you'll hold to the right to hop to a different rail. And instead, you will shoot off into outer space. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, you will try to jump off of a rail to get to another one. And you will just be launched into outer space. Yes. But when that level is working the way it needs to, I think it's the funnest level in the game. Yeah. Other than that, like, Metal Harbor kind of always works for me. So that's yeah. my, like, that's the one I play for fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I also
1: say Metal Harbor for my favorite Sonic one. Uh, and that's that's because, number one, I love the music and I love the sort of, like, atmosphere, I guess. It's yes. very, like, it's just, it just radiates fun energy, you know? And then the rocket is extremely memorable and it's always, like, I always love getting to that bit and being like, do I have what it takes to get to the second tier on that rocket? And if I think I can, then I go for it, and if I'm doing badly, then I'm like, I'll get him next time.
2: Uh, and that's yeah. that's just like a fun decision to make. Yeah. It's also got the light dash, like it's got a lot of cool light dash mechanics, and I think it uses each of Sonic's like primary abilities in a really good way. I'll oh
1: yeah, definitely. And so so for Shadow, it's actually White Jungle. Wait, hold
2: it. Charlie needs to do his Sonic favor. Oh, okay. No, he okay. Said,
0: well, okay. See, I like both of your choices for Sonic. Yeah. Metal Harbor <laughs> and Final Rush. There's the rail mechanics. And, like, I've had such a perfectionist mentality with Metal Harbor that I almost hate it. So <laughs> yeah. for the sake of being a little bit different, but also being way too obvious, I think I'm going to go with City Escape.
1: Look, that's fair. Like, every part of that stage is
2: extremely
1: memorable, which
2: is excellent. I also think that each of Sonic's stages are a solid candidate for the best one, because I think that, like, is it Green Forest and not White Jungle? That's right. Yeah. Okay. I think that Green Forest has the best, like, stage transitions. And what I mean by that is, like, all of uh, the Sonic and Shadow stages have these segments where you have to basically just tap a button or hit a spring. And it sort of puts you in an animation that takes you somewhere else in the level just because that's how they have to work for space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in that stage, it's vines and swinging around trees and, like, being launched up trees. And I think that that's super fun in the natural environment yeah. because it makes it makes it not just running around but also, like, holding on to things. And I think using Sonic's hands is something that doesn't happen until this game. Right. Yeah. And, like, watching Sonic swing around on a tree is just, like, super hilarious and fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just want to mention that Pyramid Cave had my favorite music for Sonic stages, but yeah, for Shadow, uh, my favorite is Sky Rail just because I like it how it's just Pumpkin Hill but at, during the day, and there's just <laughs> yes. a lot of rail grinding, and you can get some good tricks and shortcuts out of it. So,
2: yeah, the change in environment is definitely something worth mentioning for that stage. Yeah, uh, for me, my favorite Shadow
1: stage is White Forest. And the reason why actually goes back to to Steven's feeling in, in Final Rush of, like, when you pull it off, it, like, feels excellent. I think White Forest, it makes it easier to pull it off. But it's White Jungle, by white the way. White Jungle, I'm sorry, thank you. Uh, white Jungle <laughs> makes it easier to pull it off. And if you are playing, like, perfectly optimally, there's never a point where you have to stop moving. Yeah. And so it's just very satisfying to play through that stage perfectly.
2: Yeah, there's not a lot of, like, stair-type platforming. Yeah. It's just a lot of slopes. And, and like, how in Green Forest,
1: what, you're riding vines, and the same, I think the same thing happens in, in White Jungle, you also have these, like, things you grab onto that pull you. Yeah, like the slingshot vines. Yeah. And there's a section towards the end of the stage where you launch from a slingshot vine directly onto another slingshot vine, directly onto another slingshot
2: vine. That's yeah. just, like, like, I'm not, I'm not technically playing but it feels like I'm doing great. Yeah, the vines are the same thing. Like, you feel like you really did something when you hit the vine. Yeah. I also, I think my favorite, I like, I feel bad for Shadow. (laughs) (laughs) He gets so much disrespect in this game. They do him so dirty. Like, he's a new character, and he's got the least number of stages. Yeah. And then he dies at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah and i think that that carries on to his level designs too cuz they're just kind of simpler less designed versions of sonic's levels yeah like instead of city escape shadow gets radical highway which i think is just like not that great to me yeah. yeah like it's got a lot of the bottomless pit problems and it's just like a it's like a remap of tails level yeah mission street and it just there isn't anything super cool in it so that's obviously not my choice and like Isaiah said, White Jungle is really fun to get through quickly, and it's got a lot of cool mechanics. I think that's probably my favorite, but it still feels like, I don't know, it could be more intense and memorable, because the thing I remember is not any part of the stage, it's just the the gimmicks. Yeah. As opposed to Metal Harbor, where I remember both the gimmicks and the stage, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, Metal Harbor has all those, like, cool slopes that you feel like you're being pushed towards, like, the bottom of the stage in a really cool way. Mm-hmm. Shadow's third stage is uh radical or not radical highway um what is it called skyrail 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 i think is really cool like charlie said because of the environment and because of the grinding mechanics but i don't think it makes use of a lot of shadows other mechanics like i think the only other thing that it does in a really cool way is like the tops that you have to bounce on to get upwards but like after your first time playing the stage those just feel like slow springs
1: yeah and also they highlight how the homing dash is not entirely reliable
2: Yeah, because sometimes if you're just mashing the button, basically, to explain the mechanic, because I guess I didn't really, there are these things that look like springs, but they have propellers on them, and when you hit them, you don't bounce really high, but every time you hit them, they elevate a little bit, so you can basically mash the button to climb up into the air on them. But sometimes, if you hit the button a little too late, and you're at the top of your arc, the homing attack won't register that they're there, and you'll just shoot off the stage? Yeah. To your death. I think this stage also has a problem where you do the same thing like four times with those. Yeah. So, the stage feels a little bit repetitive. And then Shadow's final stage...
1: It's... It's Sky... It's uh, Final Chase. It has yeah. a gravity tube. Yeah. Those gravity tubes, whose gravity kind of stops working a little bit when you're traveling between them, which doesn't cause problems, but it does slow you down slightly...
2: Right. it just feels weird yeah it feels like a much better version of Skyrail, and Sky Rail is an awful stage so like there there you have it in conclusion White Jungle is my favorite
1: <laughs> what's everybody's favorite Tales and Eggman stages so I think um, uh Cosmic Wall right
2: for like we all obviously we all agree on that yeah yeah the
0: weapons bed does have the cool combo racking
1: that's true weapons bed does have something going on for it
2: I don't think that that's enough to like beat Cosmic Wall being right, actually right of far. course
0: there's just too much going on for it.
2: Can we take away Tails getting a favorite stage and just make Weapons' bed our other favorite stage? I
1: was gonna say, can I can I cheat and make Route like uh, Route 101 my favorite <laughs> Tails stage?
2: You right. have to. Like, there's all we can only cheat with Tails because all his stages suck.
0: Okay. <laughs> I really love Mission Streets music that I almost forget it's a bad stage.
2: I can <laughs> never forget.
0: I also like Eternal Engine because. You know, you you've learned throughout the game that dynamite packs are usually a good thing to lock onto.
2: That is why I hate that stage.
0: And you just, but you get a risk where you can get more <laughs> bonus points, or you can, and, and also get sucked into the vacuum of space. And I always go for them anyway and try my best <laughs>
1: not to get sucked into space. I think it's, I think it's an interesting concept that isn't
2: done very well. Yeah. Here's my problem: the only thing that's fun about tails and Eggman stages is shooting stuff, right? Yeah. Like, the platforming's not fun. This stage hurts you for shooting things.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, it's not... I get where the risk-reward thing is good, and that would be great, right? I would love that decision if they played well. But mm-hmm. you do not move fast enough. Like, if Sonic had the homing attack, and he had, like, dynamites that he could hit, they would open the same airlocks and, like, be dangerous to him, but you could homing attack away from them if you are careful? I'd be into that. Tails does not have the maneuverability to pull off that mechanic.
0: I'd love to see Sonic just slam headfirst into a pack of dynamite.
1: <laughs> Homing attack dynamite. Yeah, man. So, how about Knuckles and Rouge? I think I think for me, my favorite Knuckles stage is probably Pumpkin Hill. Ah, the music kind of lets me not like it. I feel that. I For some reason, over the
2: past... But dude, the Great Emerald's power allows him to feel...
1: I know that it's (laughs) here. Cut that out. I know that it's here. I can sense it in my feet. So I think that song has grown on me over the course of a decade. But that aside, I think that stage makes the best use of Knuckles' ability to glide and climb walls. Oh yeah, exactly. Because you have like a bunch of different structures that are all tall and spread out and there's stuff in between them and
2: so travelling is enjoyable. You know? Mm. They also do a good job of, like, placing emeralds where if you go to the landmarks, you'll be able to find them.
1: Yeah. 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 And, like, like future future Knuckles stages, which are much more, like, closed, like, uh, in particular, like, Death Chamber, is like, oh, this is a maze. And moving around isn't, like, you're not moving around really in a way that only Knuckles can. Yeah. The way you are in
2: Pumpkin Hill. You know, yeah. aquatic mine is also a maze and even though it makes use of knuckles movement i don't like that stage as much for a similar reason where it's just maze like
1: yeah
0: yeah i also just don't like water yeah,
1: yeah. I, once you get the once you get the the necklace that lets you breathe water is better yeah, but it's but still it not detract, good
0: because you have to like rearrange the water levels and
2: yeah. yeah and and also like water in sonic just slows you down so why have it yeah
0: like I said, it, it works better. I think it works the best for his last stage, but that's not even treasure hunting. It's just like a, a straightforward <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. All right. But, so, Steven, do you agree that Pumpkin Hill is also your favorite?
2: I think that Wild Canyon might be my favorite. Hmm, that's fair. Um, Just because, first of all, it's the, like an amazing first stage. Like, it just makes you love Knuckles when you play it. It is a very good first stage. And I also like the gimmick of, in the hard mode, one of the emeralds that you have to find is in that wind tunnel. yeah and using the sunglasses to find it isn't super intuitive but i think that by that stage of the gameplay you'll be used to using them to find things and i think that like using the spring to shoot yourself off of those pillars into the center of it is just really fun and then Mm -hmm. that shoots you up towards where you need to be to get the next emerald and i think that that's good because it does this thing that typically only shadow and sonic stages do where they let you transition in a cool way Mm mm-hmm and it's really organic in Knuckles' stage, and I think that, that just makes doing it quickly even more fun.
0: So, this is gonna be a, a real hot take, and Isaac just can't hear the just can't hear the end of it anymore.
1: But I already... I feel like I know what yeah, you're gonna say.
0: You, you know what I'm gonna say. My favorite is Death Chamber. You're just I wrong. Like, I Can you <laughs> let me explain it, please?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll let you be wrong.
0: I like this kind of somber feeling, just in this lonely hallway, because in contrast to Rouge egg cores where you're constantly being patrolled by, like, beetles, you're just here alone, you have these ghosts around here and it builds up to, like, the boss fight afterwards with King Boom Boo and you don't hear the conversation lyrics in the uh, in the game, but, like, in the soundtrack version, you hear, like, Sonic and Knuckles uh, talking and I did some thinking about this recently, that, like if you think about, like, the other games, Sonic- Knuckles is kind of just, like, He's helped Sonic, but he hasn't, like, done a lot with him. But this is, like, the first time he's, like, really forced to, like, help him. And so I think that conversation reflects that. And I guess I'm talking yeah. more about the song than the <laughs> stage. But I just, like, the the feeling of it and they just walking this hallway. You know, like, you're in this desert chamber. But, like, you have, like, all these mechanical things. It's just a, a weird... I just like walking in it.
2: I like the mood for that stage. Yeah. I don't necessarily like the design of it, but I don't think it's so bad that it breaks the mood the way it does with every tail stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do also think that that stage is really cool because it features my favorite E-series robot, uh, okay. E-01, which is just a, a tube with a machine in it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's good. So, Rouge stages, am I right? I don't really like them.
1: But before we before we get to re- I do want to say, Knuckles has a very interesting relationship with ghosts in this game. Because
0: yeah,
1: they're in uh, 60% of his level.
2: Yeah. Yeah, dude. They got near him. They <laughs> they tried to approach him.
1: Yeah, dude. Because we have Pumpkin Hill, which is, the song is literally called A Ghost Pumpkin Soup. I hate that title, by the way. Oh, well, look. Knuckles' State's music a <laughs> is very interesting. Uh, but so, so we have, you know, Aquatic Mine is an abandoned mine, which is filled with ghosts. I think every stage has ghosts in it, including Death Chamber. Death Chamber, and then immediately after Death, Death Chamber, Chamber, yeah, immediately after Death Chamber, you fight a giant ghost as a boss who is not related to the plot, and the cutscene is literally uh, Knuckles being like, "Is that a ghost?" and then the ghost is like, "Ooga booga," and then you fight him.
0: I like the concept that Eggman like built this base in a pyramid, but didn't account that it might be haunted.
1: <laughs> but it's 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 the one thing that is not even slightly connected to the plot like everything right. else in the game is and not this
2: it's also not the first time that ghosts have been associated with Egypt and Eggman and Sonic the Hedgehog that's true
1: and it's also not the first time that Knuckles has had to grapple with the past I appreciate it
2: <laughs> I don't know if the past is the best way to describe that, because I think you're trying to tie it to, like, the fact that Sonic Adventure deals with Knuckles' ancient history, whereas, like, ghosts are not. That is not really the same thing as the <laughs> Kid to the Anyway,
0: I appreciate its existence. Like I said, I don't really like Rouge's stages that much, but...
2: Dude, I'm a
1: spy.
0: I See, I don't like Security Hall that much because the laser wires just kind of get annoying, and then there's the having to go upstairs to hit a switch to get to the certain blocks that an emerald might be in.
2: Wait, go up the stairs. Yeah. What stairs? There are well, no stairs.
0: I say upstairs in a loose way. You have to take the little handle.
2: Oh, yeah. you mean you use the like the lanyard, th- not lanyard, yeah. but the pull string.
3: Yeah.
2: I thought you meant actually upstairs. Like, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog game. Stairs are an important thing to note. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd probably just say Dry Lagoon, even though that stage isn't that great either. Maybe I will go Security Hall, but I I feel very ambivalent to Rouge's stages.
1: So here's what I like about Security Hall. Number one, I'm a spy. Number two... uh, I'm a spy. I'm a spy. but, But number three, like, the level is structured in such a way that here's a bunch of vaults, and the vaults have different sort of levels of security that are associated with different colors. So visually, the entire stage is very interesting. And it's very open, because it's all, with the exception of the upper level, it's all one big room that you have to do platforming in order to access the different parts of it. And so you can see the different levels, but you can't necessarily access it. And so you can go, oh, hey, the hint says it's in level C, so I have to get up there,
2: you know? They also still manage to do this thing where, like, it's got the explore different spots to find where your emeralds are, because basically, it's a big room that sort of has, like, three sides, almost, because it's, uh, it's, like, longer than it is wide. Yeah. So, basically, you just go from, like, right to left, and then you go up a stage, and you go left to right, and then you go up a stage, and you go right to left. Oh my god, I hit my mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, left.
1: You sounded so devastated.
2: And then you go left to right, and after doing that, you'll have found any emeralds that would be on the lower place, and then you just go up to the top floor, and you can find where any of your emeralds are. So it's quick to explore, but there's still things to do. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. Plus, I'm a spy. Yeah. And you find Chaos Emeralds in that stage, which is really cool. Yeah. You just find three Chaos Emeralds. Like, it's no big deal. It's
1: definitely more interesting than finding three keys, the lovely gate three
2: also like the lasers suck in that level like you're not wrong charlie but they're only in one part of that level and they're pretty avoidable
0: uh it depends on the emerald you're getting
2: we're we're all right but i mean just like you only have to there will never be two emeralds up there so no matter what you only have to deal with them once
0: well right but there's emerald there are tripwires like in other locations in that area yeah
2: there are
1: there are some they're less annoying
2: though
0: yeah it, it i don't know
2: they're only problematic... Basically, there's a spot on the top of the stage that's like a trash compactor and there's a bunch right. of garbage up there, and it's just swimming with lasers. Like, there's right. lasers everywhere. Which, one of
0: the hard mode emeralds is up there, which I don't understand, because it's not even that hard to
1: get to.
2: Yeah. Right. Well, but, it's
1: just the hardest naturally occurring part of the level.
2: Yeah. yeah. It's In the level's natural habitat, it's really hard.
1: Yeah.
0: But, let's talk about Chao, because this is really the only reason why people remember this game fondly except they remember the other good parts. They're just dumb.
2: I mean, the Sonic parts are good. Everything else is, like, meh.
0: Mm, So, fun fact, I have sunk, well, quote-unquote sunk, over 700 hours into Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. <laughs> and that's mostly for me just leaving the GameCube on, like, just to have the chow pastime, like, <laughs> during school or sleep. Yeah. Like, oh, ah. Uh, Good morning. All right, let's see who died. <laughs> <laughs> who who survived the culling? I mean, no, I treat my Chao right. They they always reincarnate.
1: But yeah, you don't kick them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, well. I'm, gonna ta- I'm gonna tell you something about this. I- I've been playing the Dreamcast version, and I've come to the conclusion that Sonic and Shadow's existence offends Chow because sometimes. <laughs> They'll just come into contact with me. I'm giving like a chaos strike to another Chow, and they're just walking towards me, and then they just, just, just go, and I just can't <laughs> use them anymore. So I just use Knuckles and Rouge now for that. Incredible. But, like you can you can attack Chow like you could in like Adventure One, but they like, finally fix an Adventure Two battle where that's
1: never an issue. But, it's not something you do on accident, right? In two yeah. battle. But. You
2: can do it on purpose, but you don't, like, hit B and then suddenly everything goes, like, dark.
1: Yeah. Sonic doesn't take out a gun and shoot the chao in the face anymore.
2: Right, like Gamma did, actually. Like yeah. Gamma actually did in Sonic yeah. Adventure. Like the joke you just made, that actually happened in <laughs> Sonic Adventure.
0: Well, yeah, I was the one who brought it up.
2: Right, I just wanted to make sure Isaiah didn't forget, because okay. that sounded pretty satirical, what he was saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: But it's not a joke. It's actually something you can do.
0: So, like, in the first Sonic Adventure... You know, when you defeat Eggman robots, which there are much less of in this game, you get animals, but there are also animals just kind of crawling around the stage. And
2: there's 10 each stage, right?
0: Omochao makes it a point that there are 10 in Knuckles and Rouge, 15 in Knuckles and Eggman, and then 20 in Sonic and Shadow, excluding ones in the robots or in the Chao containers, which I'll get to very, in a short while. I've never collected all of them in one stage, and I kind of wonder what happens probably nothing but it's it's kind of made me think and that's probably what i'll do when i actually fully beat the game when i run out of things to do
2: yeah you'll start doing like tasks that the game doesn't even ask you to do yeah
0: but in each stage there are three chow containers it's like any other container but it's light blue with a chow head on it Uh, the first one gives you key, which allows you to go to the chow garden directly after a mission which is especially helpful in your story mode
2: you also need to do that to unlock characters. You yeah. can't go to a stage as any character until you've gotten a key in one of the levels.
0: Mm-hmm. The second one has a an assortment of four animals, and every every stage has four animals that can appear. But you can get doubles in the container. And then the third container, if you can find it, will contain a very special animal, which are usually have like a gold outline, or there sometimes will be some spooky ones, like the skeleton dog or half fish. Although skeleton dogs are rather are rather common. Uh, animal in Pumpkin Hill. And skeleton dogs are especially helpful because they can clear animal parts off of the thing and allow Chow yeah. to wear hats, which is especially fun when you have the GameCube version. But, you know, when you enter a Chow garden, you only have access to the first one, and there's two eggs, and you can raise them. But what's interesting about this game is that it introduces alignment, and you can make your Chow hero or dark, which, when you make them, once they evolve into that state it'll unlock more gardens, which each have one egg each. So you'll have four chow, basically, at that point. And you can breed yeah. them and whatever.
2: Also, it should be noted that, like, the alignment can be affected by fruit, like it could in DX, but it can also right. be affected by just petting them with a hero or yeah. a dark character.
0: The fruit is basically useless. And in this game, yeah. <laughs> we talked about the black market in the last so- in the Sonic Adventure episode, but this is where it, like, actually matters. Because you can buy hats, you can buy special fruit, which, I mean, there's triangle, square, and circle. And some chow prefer one or the other, but I don't think it really matters that much. Uh, you can get a chow fruit, which ups all the stats, not just stamina, which is what fruits usually do. And of course, the animals up stats. And I have to keep going in circles because I have no coherent stream of consciousness. Uh, the gun robots, which make up the majority of the enemies in the game, contain chaos drives, which allow you to up stats to a smaller degree than animals. But will not make any design alterating things on the chow, which makes it a preferable way to do it. But, like I yeah. said, it doesn't really—it doesn't up the stats as
1: much. They're also—they're also easier to get a hold of. Yeah.
2: We should also note that while animals do boost stats, they'll boost like two or three at a time, and they'll boost them by the same amount that a chaos drive usually would. Animals also decrease other stats, and yeah. they'll never level them down, right?
0: Yeah. I don't—I don't think so. They don't in battle, but I had a chow that was able to swim, but after I gave it some animals, it just started drowning again, and I'm just like, come on.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's why I don't like animals, but something cool about the secret animals that you can find in the third chow box in each level is that those animals do not reduce any stats. They only boost stats. Mm
0: -hmm. And the funny thing about the gold animals and then the blue animals... In battle, those, like, increase, like, special, like, hidden stats, intelligence, and, um, luck. Like, blue for intelligence, gold for luck. Yeah. But this is where things get really weird. So, with the Dreamcast, you have the visual memory unit, and you can put a chow in there for 128 blocks, by the way. Good lord.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, everyone's favorite memory measurement system.
0: But I, I, this time I actually did fiddle around with the function and got to see some cool things, like basically you can get some special items like hero fruit or dark fruit or special seeds, but you need to do certain chow races in order to even use the seeds and...
2: Yeah, because they have to have the device.
0: The problem with the gardens in, in Sonic Adventure 2, vanilla, there is no object permanence so if you leave a garden like, just like, just go to the chow lobby uh, the items are just lost forever, like eggshells, a uh, fruit falling from the tree, although I think they revert back to being on the tree.
2: I think it just resets the tree every time.
0: Yeah, but, like, it's very frustrating, and there's, like, you can do chow battles and chow crates, or chow chests that can give you items if you do well, get lucky, I guess. Sometimes you'll encounter a character from the game, like Rude, Sonic, whatever, and they'll give you an item.
2: Like, in the VMU? Yeah. That's so I have great. like a
0: little condensed little sprite cause it's like a you know LCD
2: yeah they have like basically the equivalent of like a Tamagotchi or a Digimon sprite cause they're yeah. on a tiny <laughs> screen
0: and basically each Chao adventure has like a plot to it like there was one where my Chao wanted to be an idol because Japan
3: <laughs>
0: and the one the one more lengthy one the first one I got which was more interesting is that uh, he wanted to make a ghost pumpkin soup for tails and they did and it was great
2: did he rap while he was doing it?
0: No. Did he let but, it get to him? No, he's just going to creep. Okay. But, anyway, the reason I brought the VMU is that there are fruits that up, that's the only way to up the luck and in, in, uh, intelligence stat, but
2: Did your child use his fist metal crackle, whatever that means?
0: I'm going to, like, have you, did you stop, <laughs> but that's all that's I
2: want. That's
0: what he says, I, right? I don't, I don't. I I don't want to spend another five minutes dissecting Knuckles lyrics.
1: (laughs) I want to spend another 25 minutes dissecting Knuckles lyrics, but we don't have time. You
0: can can do a bonus podcast for that. But that's all I really want to mention about the BMU, just that you can get special stuff, but it's kind of time-consuming.
2: Also, basically
0: a precursor to the Pokéwalker, but it actually doesn't pay attention to you taking steps because it's not an actual pedometer. It's a freaking memory card.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's also kind of a precursor to Sonic Advance, which has the mini Show Garden, but we'll yeah. talk more about that later.
0: You know, you use stats to, like, make a child change its appearance when it evolves, and it's different for each alignment, because there's Dark, Hero, and then Neutral, which was just what was in the original Sonic Adventure. Yeah. And if you add more stats, it'll slowly change it to make it even more unique. Like, if you give a Neutral child lots of speed at, the, at its childhood and then its adulthood, it'll look more like Sonic. But for Dark, it'll look more like Shadow, if you give it a lot of run. And yeah,
2: you, you can also, like... If you give it a lot of speed during its child stage, and then start giving it power during its adult stage, it will look different than a child that was given speed and speed, or a child that was given mm-hmm. power yeah. and speed later. So there's like 25 different combinations for each like uh, each yeah. alignment.
1: It's yeah. extremely complex and actually amazing how how different all of the Chow can look if they're raised right. differently.
0: And that's just compiled when you add up all the color chow from, like, the black market. And you can breed those with the regular chow to make two-ton chow, which will have unique color swaps for each thing. And then there's the jewel chow, which are flat colors. And then there's going to be shiny chow, which can also make shiny two-ton chow. And with some weird breeding mechanics, you can get transparent or translucent chow. I've never done that. My garden is freaking full. (laughs) Like, I, 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 I revisited today just to see who was there because I had like one really powerful Dark Chao and I had one that was slightly less powerful hero because I had someone to do the hero missions, hero yeah. races, which...
2: Yeah, the way I do it is I always just raise one Dark chow and one Hero chow to adult form, but I only ever give Chaos Drives and chow Fruit to a neutral chow because they can participate in both the hero and Dark Race. Right.
0: Yeah. But before... I'll, we'll go to the chow race, but I just want to mention that there's the secret quote-unquote Chaos chow, which... Makes your chow immortal, but you have to go through two reincarnations, which will depend on your chow liking you. Yeah. And then you give it every one of the animal, and it just turns, it has like this creepy organ music when it reincarnates.
2: Yeah, you also have to wait an obscenely long time during this process, so there's a lot of just leaving your GameCube on overnight.
0: Yeah, it takes two hours for like a chow to evolve from a child to an adult, and then it takes like eight more hours for it to live out its life. Although yeah. breeding, which sometimes happens, or you can give it a heart fruit and it, it'll it breed faster.
2: Yeah, that's the other huge advantage of the black market mechanic yeah. is that breeding becomes a thing you can just do. Mm-hmm.
0: But it becomes shorter. But yeah, you can get like a devil chow, and angel chow, or chaos chow, or light chow, I think it's called, I don't know. But the, the neutral one basically looks like chaos, like the character, which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I do really like that.
2: They also each have some transparency on them. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I guess I'll talk about the Chow race because.
2: Well, real quick, I wanted to I wanted to explain how transparency works because to get transparent Chow, like Charlie said, they're a Jewel Chow, which have a single texture on them that's like, uh, it's usually silver or gold is what you'll see because they come from Sonic DX. But if you play Sonic Advance, you can get other colors for Jewel Chow.
0: Or download them if you're playing the Dreamcast version
2: yeah yeah that too if you go to your black market after you have enough emblems like charlie said there'll be shiny eggs which just have a texture that has like a weird sort of lighting effect on it if you breed a shiny chow with a jewel chow you get the transparent one Mm -hmm. and the color i think is based on one of the parents i can't remember which one it is but it's not like a combination of colors it'll only ever be one color right and then if you breed the transparent Chow, you can get transparent two-tone and Chow and all of that. Like everything just works down the chain on breeding.
0: Yeah. So Chow racing, it's like like we said, we really barely touched it in the original one because it's just not as good. Yeah. And it's like also there's just too much noise. Like you always hear Chow noises in the middle of like the music, and it's just yeah. the camera angles aren't as good. But it's a pain. You have races that focus on the four primary stats, which is. Swim, run, flying and power, and when you do the begin, once you beat the beginner races, you'll get like certain toys that they can play with, including a shovel and or a spade, I guess, trowel, yes. and a watering can, which allows you to plant seeds, which you can buy at the black market or lose in uh, the BMU because convolution, whatever. But then you'll get like the jewel cups, which are more advanced. That's when you have to really get your stats up. Like they do not screw around in those ones.
2: Yeah, you also get an emblem for completing, like, each set of stages. So, like Charlie said, you've got the beginner ones, and that gives you an emblem, and then you've got the jewel ones, and that gives you an emblem.
0: I think in the Dreamcast one, it gives you two for each, like, set of races. Like, you'll get one once you do half the beginner races, because there's no karate to offset it. Oh, yeah. But, then you also get a challenge race, which is kind of just a general racing, which kind of puts into every stat as well as a diamond which is an unlockable jewel cup which i think takes advantage of intelligence and luck
2: yeah the challenge stages also show you different chow that you can make right
0: yeah Yeah. like they got the cockroach chow which i was always a fan of uh you have like you kind of have a a quote-unquote rival named chakron but they always just call him he like he returns he strikes back he's just like this (laughs) very disinterested uh black two-tone chow (laughs) yeah yeah and then there's also Hero Dark races, which are exclusive to Hero and Dark, because it's like a Hero Chow facing against Dark Chow, or a Dark Chow fighting against Hero Chow. And you, at the end of like the challenge, Hero and Dark races, it's going to be a Chaos Chow, which is going to require the highest of your skills to take over. Yeah. But that's really just the Chow race in a you know crash course. But Saga Adventure Two Battle adds Chow Karate, which translates some stats like I think swimming is defense, flying is stealth. Run is just, like, how fast you're going to attack.
2: Flying then, is, like, dodging, specifically.
0: Yeah, And then power is, uh, just, you know. Power. And then stamina <laughs> is, like, how much your chow can go without needing to recharge, which it makes a really annoying sound when you have to, like, up oh back yeah. its stamina.
1: It's like you're playing an instrument in order to, to recover.
0: To, to be clear, you can't... There is input in the chow race as well where you can cheer them on to go faster, but if they run out of stamina, they go slower. But in this yeah. one, it's a little bit easier... It's just about recovery, I guess.
2: Yeah, you're basically just doing a Mario Party mini game to get your Chow back off. Yeah,
0: and yeah, Chow Karate is very simple. There's only three tournaments, and it's just like a gauntlet of like five or six Chow, maybe. It's four. it's five.
2: For people who are familiar with like virtual pets, that's what the Chao is. The Chao is a virtual pet, so it's like Digimon or Tamagotchi, and the Chow Karate is like just what Digimon is. Yeah. The
1: thing that gets me about Chow though is that the way Chow appearance works is so much, so much more advanced than any other virtual pet game I've
2: played. This is true, but they also, I think, the thing that like virtual pets beat Chow at is that even though their appearance changes a lot, their shape doesn't really usually. Yeah. Like you're never gonna get a giant werewolf that wears jeans. In <laughs> Chow.
1: Look, mods can do anything. Okay as a kid,
0: because a lot of the opponents had hats on, I was under the impression that wearing a hat made you better at the game. Which, saying that out loud now makes me think of TF2. <laughs> but, I think, do you do you guys have anything else you want to talk about Chao, or you want to start talking about a lot of miscellaneous stuff?
2: I think that we can have a whole separate podcast about Chao. I did want to ask if anyone wanted to tell us their Chao names that they had. Oh.
0: Well, I'm not going to name you all the ones in my Song of H2 Bow" because that's literally, like, 24.
2: Pick uh, three chows that you like their names.
0: Well, I found out one of them was named Jojo.
2: <laughs> like before <laughs> like before it happened.
0: Yeah. But I want to talk about the chow that I raised in my uh in my Dreamcast version because I had like a hero Ch- hero chow. I just like named him because there's no there's no fortune teller to name them for you. You have to do it in the VMU. Yeah. So I named uh, my hero chow Gabriel. My dark chow Reiko, because I just want to make some pseudo Japanese name. And then I had another one named Donnie, and another one, and a new. That was a neutral, another neutral named Sancho. So,
2: yeah. How about you, Isaiah? Did you name your chow this time? I did. So, uh,
1: I have three chow. Uh, I have a dark chow who is uh, monotone white, uh, named Blanca.
2: (laughs) Wait, like after the dude from Street Fighter?
1: Yeah, after the dude from Street Fighter. So, the bit about them. Is that uh, they were originally going to be neutral and I had somebody that was going to be dark. And then as soon as this white chow was born with angry eyes, I was like, No, you're gonna you're gonna be a bad guy. It's it's preordained. So my dark type that ended up becoming neutral has the the toothy evil grin. Yeah. And they're named the a- smile. Yeah, they're named Ajax, and the fortune teller actually named them. I was like, this is a great name. <laughs> I was like, "This is a great name for what has now become a chaotic neutral chow," because because this toothy grin is mischievous, not necessarily mean spirited. Therefore, you are chaotic neutral, and also you are neutral. Uh, and then finally, let me let me actually pick up this chow. Uh, they're sleeping, but I can't remember their name, so I'm gonna wake them up. Oh. No. Uh, they're they're a good chow, and their name is Pip. They're a good chow. They're a good chow. They're a hero chow, and they're named Pip.
0: That's a good one. Yeah. And now they're annoyed that you woke
1: them. They are annoyed I woke them up, but it's okay because I'm Shadow, so they're still they're still good. Okay.
2: So, this run for me, and I actually used the same names as I did during Sonic Adventure, and I didn't reveal them in that episode because no one had Chao names <laughs> that time. This run, I have a hero Chow that Sonic likes to hang out with, and he's got the evil toothy grin like you were talking about, and his name is Junji. Oh, right. Have Like
0: the Junji Ito collection?
2: Yeah. And I have an evil chow who doesn't have a mouth. Right? That's an option? I don't think yeah. he has a mouth. Yeah. yeah. It's sometimes hard to tell when they are when they have like the dark tone because it just matches with some of the mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, he doesn't have a mouth and his name is Geiger. And I have a neutral chow that is black and his name is Poe. P-O-E. Yeah.
0: Yeah, from Star Wars.
2: From no. from
1: Panda. No. From Kung Fu Panda. No, that's
2: P-O. Oh. No! They're all named after, like, horror guys. Yeah. Edgar no. I oh. Poe. H.R.
1: Geiger. And H.R. Geiger. Yeah. That is excellent. I liked it. I just named mine because I was like, Ajax sounds cool.
0: It is a <laughs> cool name. I just want to say that my absolute evil behemoth, Devil Chow, is named Chuck And that's what got me through most of the races. Until I need to do Hero in case that was loose, who is a two-tone pink. Alright. Right. Nailed it. Let's talk about two-player, because we're running out of time, but...
1: Running out of time. This episode's going to be like two hours long.
0: So like I said, two-player in Sonic Adventure 2 Vanilla is garbage, because you only have two characters, you have a very limited amount of stages, and you don't even get to choose the stages, and...
1: Decide the rules of engagement.
0: Well, though it's funny, is that you only have to get every mission complete to get the alternate costumes in the original one. But in Adventure 2, you have to get all A ranks to get those costumes. So take that as what you will. You can also unlock extra carts for cart racing. Although, ironically, the two characters that have a cart racing level, instead of unlocking the carts from those missions, you just get Egg Robo and a Chow. <laughs> like, just a floating Egg <laughs> Robo. That's it's really weird. But, Amazing. I have a lot of fond memories doing two-player. In fact, I had Isaiah over the other day and we did two-player. I enjoy every mode in two-player, especially when you have friends who know how to play the game. So look for the Emerald, or you can play as Tikal. They have, like, different strengths and weaknesses. Amy is a spammy little friend. character, (laughs) (laughs) But, I don't know, it's really cool to just play as other characters. It's, like, the only time you ever get to play is Tikal. It might be the... well. You can play as Metal Sonic and Sonic R and SADX technically, but
2: So That's only if you're really devoted.
1: Something I think is cool conceptually, even though I never really did it, is you can do multiplayer Chow Race and Chow Karate. Mm-hmm. Where you can have your friend bring their memory card like to yeah. your to your like plug it in. And then have those have your chow and their chow compete. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I actually did put chalk and loose against each other, but chalk decimated loose.
1: <laughs> that checks out. That chalks out.
0: <laughs> Nail it. Yep. Um, yep. You can also randomize a battle if you want. Just whatever.
1: Uh, yeah. In case you want to have a terrible time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's no reason to do it.
1: There's in one of the like treasure hunter levels, like level one is basically the planet from mad space (laughs) and it's the worst and then the
0: level one for the shooting levels are just races
2: which also sucks yeah i would like to say that the like multiplayer shooting levels where you actually shoot each other especially the one that is just a set of like strat what is it called platforms but they're like separated in a specific way but there's like a word for that stratified is it stratified Probably. There's platforms where one is high, the one to the right of it is low, the one to the right of it is lower, and the one to the right of that is at the bottom. They're like bleachers or whatever. But I think stratified is the right word. But yeah, there are platforms like that. That stage makes like the shooting gameplay the funnest. Yeah. It's like actually fun to like fight each other in that stage.
0: And to be specific, it's Cosmic Wall, so you have the anti-gravity thing.
2: Oh, yeah. But
0: me and my friend would always choose that with the Chow Walkers just to hear them scream as we beat the shit out of each
1: other. <laughs> And they do scream, yeah, yeah.
2: So I want to give credit to the shooting gameplay. That in some cases it's fun.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna make one. I
0: don't. Do you do you want to say anything about two player? Because I think we're about ready to wrap up. But I want to. Like, did you to, mention the costumes? Yeah, I did mention the costumes.
2: Okay, I know we've mentioned them a couple of times throughout this, but like it's right. cool to know that you can unlock costumes. Yeah. Costumes are always up on unlockable.
0: It's only for like the primary playable characters, though. I should mention. Right,
2: you can't get like a chaos skin where he wears a Santa hat or something. <laughs> <laughs> um even though you can do that for like Rouge, right?
0: Yes. But I think that's only the Dreamcast version, like via DLC. Oh, that's right. Speaking of DLC, and I just wanna like leave out this tidbit because there's like a really weird ending to it. In this game, in especially in battle, you can get character themes, like they'll announce everything. Cause like in um Sonic Adventure DX, it would just be the last character you played that would announce anything. But you could have, you know, Eggman, Rouge just the playable characters in general, but if you get enough emblems, you can actually buy other character themes at the black market, including Amy, Omochao, Maria, and everyone's favorite character, the <laughs> President's <laughs> Secretary.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good. She has, like, two lines in the story, right? Yeah. Does she have any lines in the story? She has,
0: like, a few, and I think it's just in the President's limo, but, like, I think it's like the same voice actor as Rouge and uh, Omochao, so I thought, why not, I guess?
1: I guess it's so. It's so
2: good. It's actually a really good system to encourage you to get a lot of emblems, yeah. because yeah. You, you realize that there's one of them in the market eventually, because you'll quickly learn that as you get more emblems, the market develops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once you get, I think you have to get like 50 to get the Amy theme. I've never yeah. seen it. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the Oma Chow. One of them is the first thing you get. I, I haven't got any of the
0: themes, but I haven't checked the black market in a while, so
1: what do I, I have I have 69 emblems. Let me go to the black market right now. You have 69 emblems? I have 69 emblems. Nice.
2: Well, I guess you're just done playing Sonic Adventure, too. Yeah,
1: like, I was like, I don't want to play anymore. This, is, per- this <laughs> is the perfect stopping point.
2: No, but, like, whenever you get whichever one is the first, I can't remember, you... Realize like, oh, there are things I can buy in the black market that affect stuff besides the child garden, and yeah. that's really encouraging to sort of just tie the whole game together and to keep playing.
0: I just wanna say that I'm gonna self impose a challenge on me that'll probably kill me in the end. But I am gonna to try to finish Sonic Adventure 2 battle hundred percent before this video goes up or oh my God. podcast goes up. Uh,
2: oh. So well, Charlie, you have to you have to play other games between now and then.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Look, I forgot about if, that. But if anyone do can do it, it's probably you.
2: I, yeah, I mean, I've, I talked to these two a little bit about, like, nostalgia armor letting you just get through certain parts in games.
0: It's been 15 years. I gotta do it.
2: I think Charlie has, like, adamantium nostalgia <laughs> armor for Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> yeah, it makes me
0: really powerful, but it's also killing me on the inside.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, nothing can penetrate that armor, but also Charlie's body will break down slowly.
0: Yeah, that checks out. I'll, you'll have to clone. Uh, you'll have to clone me a daughter that'll finish it for me.
2: Also, at 69
1: emblems, Amy's voice is not currently for sale. But a part of that it might just be that the black market is randomized. Yeah. Yeah, the
2: black market is randomized. Also, Amy's might not be. There, I know there's one that you unlock by doing a button combination, oh. at least in the GameCube version.
1: I do not know about
0: that, but I guess I will have to look that up later.
2: Yeah. But yeah, you can buy at least three of them in the store, and the, it's just really cool that you can like pick a different voice actor to announce stuff in your menu. Yeah. Also, their picture appears in some instances, right?
0: Yeah. And like Eggman and Rouge get really offended if you try to change the theme. And then <laughs> yeah. It, it's, yeah,
2: it's really good. If
0: you go to the sound test, Shadow just says, I'm not interested.
1: <laughs> he doesn't
0: care about music. Secretly does. Yeah. The rest of Sonic Adventure 2,
1: thumbs up, thumbs down. When you say the rest of Sonic Adventure 2, are you referring to the, the... everything but running? Mm. Um...
2: Oh, thumbs well knuckles like is trying his best dude but... i'm giving it a thumbs up i'm
1: gonna say thumbs
2: up if we're counting like chow as the re like if it's just if this game were literally just playing as knuckles and tails and their counterparts i would say thumbs down but if we're including everything that we talked about this episode then i guess it's a thumbs up but like the whole game is a thumbs up for me obviously
1: yeah so okay, right, so we said sonic and uh shadow gameplay is thumbs up tails eggman thumbs up thumbs down
2: Thumbs way down. Thumbs so far down. Thumbs I'm giving just it a thumbs
1: off. up. I'm giving it a thumbs down.
2: I can't believe that you're. I. I can't, Charlie. Are you serious? I really
1: can. Do you know how powerful
0: adamantium is? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not as good as vibranium. I've heard,
1: but. All right. Shut Knuckles Rouge gameplay. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs
0: up. Chow. Thumbs up.
1: Thumbs. thumbs up. Here's my problem with Chow. Okay. Thumbs up. It's so. GD Time slow.
0: Consuming.
1: It's v- yeah. it's very slow. Sorry for my GD language. Suck it up. Well, but the
2: thing is, it's slow. GD stands for Goddamn. I, we know, we know. It's <laughs> slow, but like, Chow's levels aren't, like, their stat levels aren't capped based on their age, are they? No. So you can just level up a baby chow a ton and then have it do all the races for the most part.
0: Yeah. But you're gonna... If if you're like me, you're gonna be going to Iron Gate and (laughs) Prison Lane a lot.
1: I just I just want to expedite the process, you know.
2: Well, the thing is, it's like it's a virtual pet. Like the point is that you have to like part of the gameplay is doing things that don't relate to the gameplay, which is petting Chow after you've already pet them enough, yeah, and like carrying them around and like watching them. There's this thing you can do where when you put them in water, they'll either, like, s- like struggle if they don't have high enough stats, or they'll swim if they do have high enough stats. And the same can be done for running and swimming, or running and flying, rather. Like, yeah. you can watch your child get better at things in the garden, mm-hmm. and you can, like, whistle to call them over to you. You can do all kinds of these interactive things that, like, make it fun to just be in that space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's why it takes long.
1: I think, I think my problem is I've become too pragmatic, you know? I'm too, like, well, the purpose is the stats, and the stats change the appearance, and then I get better. And I, I, like, I think I've lost the ability to appreciate the interactions in the garden itself that I used to have when
2: I was a kid. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing, is that this is very much so, like, a child-friendly element of the game. Yeah. Like, the child garden is way better when you're a kid. And it's amazing as an adult, just because you understand how complicated the programming must be to, like, get things where they are.
1: Yeah, and as and as a game designer and a programmer, I'm still like, this is incredible. You know, like, I'm in awe over this as somebody who is interested in how it's constructed. Please yeah. don't abuse your chow. Yeah, don't do that. When I was a kid, I used to be like, oh, well, in order to make this person a hero or a dark, I have to hit them with the opposite one.
2: It uh, is the faster way to do it.
1: It is the faster way to do it. And then I used to be like, "Why are my chow always like shivering?
2: (laughs) Why are they always crying? What's going on? Why are
0: they always crying when I hit them?"
2: Yeah, (laughs) that is like an amazing way to teach you sympathy. Yeah,
0: and then the dark chow do a little devil dance. (laughs) Anyway, please send us emails.
2: pumpkins is also yeah. Please send us (laughs) emails. You can send your emails to nospindashzone at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at nospindashzone. and you can watch us stream at nospindashzone slash twitch slash twitch slash twitch
1: dot twitch. Twitch. Twitch slash zone. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, also, send us your chow. I don't know how, but please do.
2: Tweet us chow pics. You can if you can't get a screenshot of your GameCube because that's not a thing. You can just take a picture with your phone, I don't care, or you can go to Chow Island and use the Chow Generator to mock up a version of your Chow, which I think is something I would like to do for each of our favorite Chow, and just kind of post oh, them dude. on the Twitter.
1: I want to see your cool Chow.
2: We'll be tweeting out cool Chow, you can tweet us your cool Chow. Chow's all around.
1: You can also follow me on on Twitter, not in person, please just Twitter, at twitter.com slash Isaiah Games, which is I-S-I-A-H games
0: and you can follow me at draws charlie where i draw something every day and somehow i'm still alive <laughs> sorry i can't i always have to change it up and i don't know how to do it
1: you're always like this time i'm going to say something different and then you say the same thing and then you get sad yeah <laughs> and then you just express how you feel goodbye
2: have a nice <laughs> night everybody
1: sorry this was so
3: long
2: We'd like to thank the LAG Network for making our episodes available on platforms like iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and lots more. If you're listening on YouTube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms, just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.